Do they have some special privilege that makes them, that they can grope people? Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, November 7th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 250. This is No Agenda. From the temporary Crackpot Command Center in San Francisco, in Gitmo Nation West, the People's Republic of the Bay Area. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where it's raining, and of course we're late, <laughs> I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. <laughs> in the morning to you, John. Is it morning still? It is. Yes, barely. In the morning to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net, all charged up and ready to go the way your government likes you. Go ahead. And, and all the ships at sea. And all boots on the ground. Oh, we have yeah. boots on the ground. Do we have any boots on the ground listening to us? We got boots on the ground, absolutely. Huh. It was requested that I say that. Oh, from somebody with boots on the ground? Uh, we got boots on the ground, baby. How about that? Yeah, how about it? Hey, episode 250, John, congratulations on our quarter, quarter, what is that? Uh, the the, the uh, uh, something. <laughs> I'll not, look it up. Quarter millennial? No? I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's something. Well, it's an opportunity missed. That's yeah, we didn't do a promotion. Yeah, who's in charge of promotions? I am. Yeah, so... But I, I, I can't count, apparently. No, good job. Way to go. That's okay. We got a 12-12 promotion coming. There's actually a promotion 12, idea. 12-12, like in 2012? That's your yeah. idea of yeah, a promotion? Yeah, that's our next promotion. Uh-huh. Somebody came up with a good idea for a promotion, which I, I should I can mention if we want to get right into it. Yeah, sure. One, I, we, we have some executive producers, and one of them came up with the new donation meme. He also uh, contributed $250 uh, all by check. But he calls it the Quad Niner. It's a $99.99 donation. Ooh, nice and when one. received, it requires Adam to declare Niner, 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 Niner. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean... It's a chore, but I'm Try down it. for it. Niner, 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 niner. You, know you didn't even do it right. You got to have some. You have to actually say it as though you were saying it. Can I tell you what the problem is? You can't say niner. Here's the problem. We're so I'm uh, in San Francisco in the hotel room. We're set up on the mobile rig now. If you recall, the mobile rig has everything built into the laptop, which means I have about a twenty to thirty millisecond delay on my voice from what I'm saying. What I'm, hearing in my headphones you with me that's terrible <laughs> yeah it is terrible well you get used to it after a while but it just takes you know it takes like five or six minutes of talking to get into it so saying things like niner 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 if i took my headphones off niner 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 see i can say it easier but it, it's like uh, it's like a cruel joke Joke. <laughs> now, is this, this this doesn't take place at the other? Uh, no, 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 because, no. Because I've got the whole setup. I've got the external gear. But otherwise, you know, we then we don't have the processing. You can't hear the jingles. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't work that way. Or you're going to hear me with such an incredible delay that it also doesn't work. So I'd rather oh. take some of that burden on myself, which I, I of course do as a good little slave to the show. Well, uh, I like the idea, so we'll add it to our uh, our Dvorak.org slash NA site. There was also... If, um, if anybody... Just to, just to hear you try to say it. Now, of course, you could cheat and just make a, 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 a kind of a clip. <laughs> no, I'll do you it every pop single the time. clip every time. Pop, pop. Gee, no. he says it exactly the same every time. <laughs> you know, we had another idea for... Um 
Let me just find it here. Uh, here it is. Another idea that one of our uh, human resources slash producers putting together, it's um, a Night of the No Agenda Roundtable Amazon wishlist item. So he's actually built us a page, which he's now finishing up. He's going to send it off to you to plug it into uh, our uh, our donation site. And there's a little button there. If you want, for Christmas, for the holidays, if you want a, a, a No Agenda Knighthood, you could add that to your Amazon wish list. Yeah, that's uh, up and running. Uh, he, I, I, didn't you hear what I just said? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was reading. <laughs> you were clipping your nails. I know. No, I wasn't. I was reading that. You know, I realized that Craig, uh, who sent us the Niner 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 already, I'm, I'm scanning over his thing. I don't have his last name, and I know it's a, on the check downstairs. And I'm thinking, how can I ask Adam to just stall while I rush downstairs and get a guy's name? But I'll do it later. Okay. Anyway, so, so I wasn't listening. No. So I think the idea is really good. And it is a uh, great idea. I remember when it came in; it was a great idea. idea. And then this, and our friend is going to our producer is going to uh, give us the the pa- the page code. The page code. Right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. How about uh, uh, thanking some of those boots on the grounds uh, on the grounds the foots on, foots on the boots the footsies the, the foots on the boots. We do have some executive producers today, yes. starting with Craig here from CKP Creative. Uh, who actually his uh, his two hundred fifty dollar donation uh, is combined with the ninety nine niner 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 donation. So, wait, so that's Craig Craig of CPK Creative. Yeah. Okay. At CKP, I'm oh, sorry, CKP, CKP. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And he's looking uh, to boost the copywriting side of his business. He could use some karma, so give him some for this two fifty. Okay. Hold on a second. You've got karma. So I'll get, um, anyway, Craig, uh, Craig, I'll get his last name later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, who needs it? I mean, it's, it's just it's like credit, this. man. How can you imagine seeing a CSI? Well, I know, hey, I've got this huge long letter that he wrote, and it just says Craig at the bottom. And, you know, I got to go back and get the check. Okay. All right. We'll, I mean, put it in the show. we'll put it in the show notes. Curiously, I actually made that point of doing that, but then. Anyway, he's an associate uh, executive producer. Our executive producer this week is uh, Baron von Pelsmacher. Ah, Le Baron. Okay. From uh, Belgium. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's, he's completing again. his knighthood for his godson, Peter. And to celebrate the 250 episode, <laughs> thank you very much, of No Agenda. I'm so glad somebody noticed uh, in the morning to you both. Yes. Baron and uh, Baron Light. Scott Schoenberger, uh, Malibu, uh, $250. Wait a minute, wasn't Scott on, didn't he uh, support us last show? Did he? I think so. We may have a crossover. Uh, I'll look at the last. We have a crossover, we have a crossover. Stand by, we have a crossover. Anyway, that's our, that's our executive and associate executive producers. Okay. Craig, Stephen, and possibly Scott. <laughs> Craig with no last name, Stephen, who is basically paying my rent, and possibly Scott. Oh, it's a great list. It's perfect. Well, we we highly appreciate it. Craig of... Uh, well, uh, Eric will go look at the spreadsheet and see if we duplicated his name. Craig of uh, ckpcreative.com, we really appreciate your support, uh, particularly the trouble you went through to send us a check for that. Um, this is a big deal, uh, and uh, it'll be e- even a bigger deal when you have your last name, and we'll put it in the uh, credits for the show, uh, in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Uh, Baron von Pelsmachers, thank you once again. And uh, so I guess we have a knighthood uh, coming uh, today for his Actually, uh, his godchild, two, two yeah, right? Yeah. Well, see. one of our uh, uh, 
twenty fifty dollar a month. Oh, finally paid off, right? Right. Yeah, these just start coming in now. That's good, uh, but it will be for uh, Peter, son of Baron von uh, Pelsmachers, and uh, Scott Schoenberger. We uh, appreciate. Uh, we think we appreciate your donation. It's horrible, John, and it's almost as bad as the setup. Anyway, it's a real credit. Unlike Hollywood, unlike Hollywood, we actually will vouch for you if someone calls you on it. All the rest of you out there, you need to go out and propagate the formula. It is very simple. It goes like this. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. National anthem. I've been singing it all day. Do you know the words yet? Not yet. I know them by heart. And I and Jeff, you're going to sing it. Yes, the everyone should sing it. Are you kidding me? The Jeff Smith, I have to say, will go down in history as a brilliant man. Because you know how, um, you know, throughout history, national anthems have been put together, and some of them are just so incredibly impactful and powerful. This one, the Gitmo Nation National Anthem, is, is so incredibly good. It's put together so well and so smartly uh, that I, uh, I concur with your assertion from uh, a week ago that, uh, indeed, in 100 years from now, children will be singing this at school. It's, uh, it's, it's so clear to me now. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. In the morning, Gitmo Nation. We are all charged up to be human resources and service in all lands and From the east to west, down under the lowlands and beyond. We are happy and distracted slaves with a and I think the best part is when they do this at uh, at uh, women's field hockey games in the future. Uh, when they, because of course this is what it have to be. It'll, we'll have to start slow before we get to baseball and football. Uh, and you'll you'll have like um, you know Mary J. Blige or someone will be singing this. And when they when they get to the part, you know, we are happy and distracted slaves, right? It'll be just yeah. like it'll be, you know, like uh, yeah, like yeah. Our own well, man, the man, way I see, I, I envision it differently. First of all, I envision that you're never going to sing it again. <laughs> okay, and uh, that, that would be a good vision. And I think that the girls in this in this field hockey team would be standing there, and at the very end, it was you would get Mo Nation. Then they just as they finish up, they all turn around, bend over, and yes. pull their shorts down. <laughs> exactly. No, no, they just flip their skirts up. That's all that's needed. Just, no, just a little flip. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's good. John, That'd before be we, before we jump in anything, I just wanted to mention a couple of uh, PR initiatives. Oh wait, wait, stop. Yeah. Craig's last name is Peters. Craig Peters is our associate executive producer. Came up with the $99.99 idea. Great. Thank you very much, Craig Peters. Got it. Okay. A um, couple of uh, PR uh, promotions. Thanks to Jeff M., our producer, who uh, heard of the Drop.io issues. And uh, he wrote a little script that parses our RSS feed. And he now has uh, created a zip archive of all of our show notes and artwork. 
And uh, there's a link in the show notes to that. That's a great initiative. I'd like to remind everybody that uh, um, gotnoagenda.com email addresses are still available. And you can have that set up as a full-blown email address or a forwarding address. Uh, Then we have, let me see. Uh, Oh, this was actually a request from Shibhash, or maybe it's Subhash, one of our uh, Indian producers, although I believe he's Indian uh, and in the United States. He noticed that uh, the show notes are not uh, accessible because they're built with tables. So uh, I do think accessibility is very important so that uh, blind people, who I'm sure we have uh, many of them listening, or those who cannot see well, What's the politically correct term for that, John? Can't see well. <laughs> hey, you who can't see well. Uh, and he, uh, he actually suggested, because I use Omni Outliner to create the show notes, uh, that uh, one of our producers create a, uh, a plugin that exports the show notes as uh, um, non-table-based nested list system, whatever. I think p- people who understand what I'm talking about will, will know. Uh, but it is important that uh, our people who can't see well listeners are able to uh, check out the show notes. And then we'll be talking about surveys uh, today on the show, I think. Uh, and maybe we should just leave that for a moment and talk about it when it comes up. Because that is the obvious promotional effort. A couple of people have uh, glommed onto that. We need to release a survey. John. Yeah, no, I agree 100% with that, 100%, 100%. Because if you have a survey, and, and there's a couple that are floating around that we'll be talking about today. Yeah, if, you get a bunch of publicity. You get a lot of publicity. So we need to come up with the perfect survey where people go, oh, really? I didn't know that. That's amazing. And then it'll all link back to us. Yeah, the, the survey that came out this week, of course, is the one that shows that most people want high-speed rail. Yes, that would be the one. <laughs> it was amazing. What and a crock. Well, the best part about it is... I'd is, use it. Well, who created the survey? Yeah, the, the guys who are selling high-speed rail. Yeah, of course, exactly. that's the way it always is. Yeah, here it is. Uh, it's, this is, and no one questions it. It's just repeated everywhere. It's the survey from the American Public Transportation Association. And by the way, the public, <laughs> and they're talking about public transportation. They're talking about light rail and the like. They, they're not talking about, you know, this is not the Air Transport Association or anybody else that would do a more objective survey. No, of course not. It's it's only for uh, for trains and buses essentially. And yeah. I looked and looked at the and I linked to these guys' site, the uh, APTA. Oh my God, this must be a huge lobbying group. These guys, they're in Washington D.C., of course, and they've got you know all kinds of amazing people on their board, and then you know they've got tools, all kinds of tools for you to. And they use. got lots of money from Siemens. They got oh, who knows where it's coming from, but it, I was just I was blown away, and then. This starts to get discussed on uh, on some shows. I got a clip here. Chris, Math- Chris Matthews. You've got to listen. This guy, what is he on? Uh, CNBC? MSNBC? MSNBC. MSNBC. So he is shilling for high-speed rail. And in this clip, he actually ends up with the key component of what it will take to uh, to finally shepherd this into our lives, this useless idea <laughs> totally useless idea. Listen to this. Really strong thought here, and it's political as well as economic. And I've been thinking about it a long time, uh, having grown up in Pennsylvania. If you look at the economic and uh, the political results, let's start with them yesterday. 
from Scranton, Pennsylvania, from Eastern Pennsylvania, all the way across to Wisconsin, all the major Democratic offices went to Republicans. It was a complete wipeout from that whole area, from Scranton to Oshkosh, if you will, because that's the industrial heartland of the country. The Democrats did pretty well on the coasts, out in California, on the West Coast, and on the East Coast. They held their own. But it's that whole industrial area that feels like there's no future for, especially older men who feel like they can be basically become redundant in this post-industrial era. I really think he has to think about infrastructure. It's a boring word. Eddie Rendell, Bloomberg, and even uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger have been talking it up. He has some allies here. I think he has to talk about rapid rail. He has to talk... Bring- okay, first of all, you hear the new meme? John? Uh, there was there was two couple of them in there. I do. I, I, I yeah. I heard rapid, uh, rapid rail is the one I'm thinking of. Oh rapid no, there was an rail. earlier there was an earlier one in there that I, I picked up on. Can you play the clip again? I'll I'll, I'll nail you, it this oh, time. Oh, you're gonna pay attention. Okay, here we go. Now it's before the financial crisis. Hit. Charlie, I have a really strong thought here, and it's political as well as economic. And I've been thinking about it a long time, uh, having grown up in Pennsylvania. If you look at the economic and uh, the political results, let's start with them yesterday. From Scranton, Pennsylvania, from eastern Pennsylvania, all the way across to Wisconsin, all the major Democratic offices went to Republicans. It was a complete wipeout from that whole area, from Scranton to Oshkosh, if you will, because that's the industrial heartland of the country. The Democrats did pretty well on the coasts, out in California, on the West Coast, and on the East Coast. They held their own. But it's that whole industrial area that feels like there's no future for, especially older men who feel like they can be basically become redundant in this post-industrial area. Doubt. You hear anything there? Or you, uh, you yeah, no, it? there's a couple. The post-industrial era, he said it twice. He just said it again yeah, when you post, cut him off. Yeah, post-industrial era. So he's saying, look, give give up. I mean, this the, the meme, the underlying message of the meme is give up on our manufacturing. We haven't got it anymore. So we have our older men who are now going to be redundant. Yeah. Now the, shut up, slave, and go be shut redundant. Up, shut up, you redundant slave. Redundant slave. Now, listen Listen to where he takes this. I really think he has to think about infrastructure. It's a boring... Uh, rapid rail, by the way. I love it. It rolls off the tongue. Rapid rail. Word. Eddie Rendell, Bloomberg, and even uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger have been talking... And even Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, if even Arnold Schwarzenegger said it's got to be great. Talking it up. He has some allies here. I think he has to talk about rapid rail. He has to start bringing back a market, a public market for steel, for heavy industry. Uh, the Chinese have done it with rapid rail. The French have done it a long time ago with Tejave, with the channel. I think he has to say America has to reunite itself by rail, something really dramatic, and do it as a capital budget item. I don't think he can just say, I'm adding on to the current deficit. But Lincoln did it during the Civil War with tremendous economic stress. Eisenhower did it in the 50s with the highway system. I think he has to do something grand that reignites the industrial heartland and that would also reignite their imaginations and give them a sense of a future for those guys in the older industries chris i i'm the real <laughs> what is he crazy he gets crazier but he actually this guy is so much a shill for this that he actually tells the truth about what's really going to happen with this rapid rail tj vey whatever he says yeah, because you know it's like uh, i know what i'm talking about tj which is just french for high speed rail by the way, I want to mention that you 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 touched on it, but anytime anyone strings out a bunch of so and so, so and so, so and so, and they do more more than three people, and then they use the word even, even, yeah, uh, which which wraps it up, which makes it all inclusive. That is to convey the thought to the listener or the reader so that stupid. everybody's on board. Yeah, and you're stupid if you don't if you're not on board. Yeah, because this means you know, the science is in basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 
really? Yeah. Is that what it means? Really? Huh. Science is in. Well, here we go. Actionary, but you want to go back to rail? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I want to go. Back, I want to go to rapid rail because because it is the well, future, David. And you know, the countries that are booming are building rail. Yeah. Hey, did you what? know that? Yeah, the countries that are booming. Yeah, because these are countries that were living in mud huts about five years ago. <laughs> Give me a break. But it's important that we, you know, this is the ministry of truth speaking. This is what you're going to be hearing a lot of. These are the actual arguments you will be listening to over the next months and years to come. This is what it's going to be, so you can be on the lookout for it. And, oh, there's so much more. Yeah, I'm not sure we're a real country. And Japan and Well, right Europe, now it's yep. flyover country. You live in, you're out in San Francisco. So much of America has been hauled out. By the way, that's a nice one. You're San Francisco, shut up. You're an elitist mother, right? Yeah. Yeah, San Francisco, shut up. Socially, by the fact that we fly from New York to Los Angeles and San Francisco, the whole part of the country, Cleveland, Detroit, they're dying. Chicago's always going to be an interesting exception, but St. Louis, all those cities could be reunited as part of a country again that's united across the continent if we have rapid rail. Let's <laughs> let me get this straight. <laughs> he wants us to take the train from Los Angeles to New York. Is that what he's uh, advocating so that we can stop off and all these? No, great no, I, I think no, I don't think that's it. I think what he's saying, actually, what I think he's saying, I could be wrong, but I, what he's trying to say, which is just as stupid, by the way, uh, is that okay? You got New York and LA; they can fly there. That's fine with that. But you got your Clevelands and your St. Louises, and you got these other, you know. You got your, you know, you got your uh, places out in the middle there of nowhere that could be reunited by high-speed rail and they'd be booming because of it. In other words, he's thinking that people are going to, as soon as high-speed rail shows up in Cleveland, they're going to be taking that thing right to Indianapolis, you know, on a daily basis so they can right, work right, there. Right. I mean, the whole thing is crazy. Well. Nobody does that. Well, it's about to get a little bit crazier because this is how it's going to be done. Miles an hour with real fast, you know, right away the whole thing that they have in other countries that requires hey, stop, eminent stop, domain, stop, all kinds stop, of things. Stop. Back it up a little bit because I, I heard hundred miles an hour, but how many hundred did he say? Well, he's yeah. He actually there's a new meme that crops up like one twenty eight or something. I'm not quite sure what it means. Hold on. Fast, you know, right away the whole thing that they have in other countries that requires eminent domain, all kinds of things. Well, did you hear it? What eminent domain? Oh yeah, yeah. He's basically saying, hey, we have to do this, we got to get it all done, but it's going to require eminent domain, uh, which means they're going to be taking away people's land in again, order to, yeah, yeah. again, again. Let's listen to the last like minute of this. Cleveland, Detroit, they're dying. Chicago's always going to be a, an interesting exception, but St. Louis, all those cities could be reunited as part of a country again that's united across the continent if we have rapid rail, 300 miles an hour, with real fast... 300 miles an hour, eh? Bull, play the, play the jingle. Oh yeah, <clears throat> bullshit. <laughs> what a dude! You know, right away the whole thing that they have in other countries that requires eminent domain, all kinds of things. Uh-huh. But a, a dramatic president could do that, and I think if you don't do that, you're saying the future is only for one twenty eight until Silicon. Yeah, what's one twenty eight? Is that a, what is one twenty eight? Is Highway, uh, highway one twenty eight in Massachusetts that that was the old Silicon Valley East Coast version? Oh, okay. Only for one twenty eight and Silicon Valley and the hotshot kids coming out of the good schools. And if you say that, you basically said goodbye to the Democratic political base, and you're going to lose the next election. I uh, whatever. Anyway, I just thought it was highly entertaining to listen to, to him uh, advocate eminent domain. Very nice, Chris. Very nice. 
and uh, old guys need to shut up. And post-industrial. Yes. So 300-mile-an-hour trains running through God knows what um, from Cleveland to Detroit for what reason? Because there's so much business going on between these two. Now, you have to remember that the, the high-speed rail, you know, in China might be uh, useful because you have people that really essentially the, 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 the air transport system would be overburdened if they really just, you know, kicked it. You know, it, it, Rail leads to air travel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a progression. It's not a, re, you know, just going back to rail is a regression, which is crazy. And so I don't understand why that simplicity uh, is just ignored in this, in this debate completely, especially by guys like uh, Chris Matthews. But you have the, the situation in like Japan with the bullet trains involved. It was essentially a mechanism to get people from the suburbs into town to work because there was, you know, it was too, you, nobody was living in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were living out in the middle of nowhere, so you need a real high-speed train. So if we had a system, so we don't, we have a suburbs in our country. We have a bigger country, for one thing. <laughs> yeah, and so the, sub, so the suburbs grow around the, the cities and people drive in because we have a fairly good uh, roadway system and, and cars are cheaper and we don't, don't tax the crap out of them and they're more practical in this country. So that's what people use. They don't use, I mean, I, I'm assuming that high-speed rail would be used for commuters from Sacramento working in San Francisco, which is not our style. We, 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 Americans are not, you know, I mean, there's a few people, yeah, that, that are commuters that, that live in Los Angeles or work in Los Angeles and live in the Bay Area and they're in the acting business or whatever, or movie business, and they go back and forth. And there are people that do that, but that's the minority. We do not work that way in this country that we need the high-speed rail for any of this stuff. And even in Europe, I mean, I'm not even sure, uh, you know, the, what, what the purpose of high, I, I don't think you need high-speed rail in many situations. It's like if you're a tourist, you go to Paris and you want to get to Bordeaux or Lyon real quick because you're traveling, you know, and you don't want, you just, just it, it is inconvenient to go out to Charles de Gaulle. Yeah. Uh, so you take the high-speed rail down there and you're there in a couple, right. few hours. It's, it makes more sense. Well... <laughs> the push is definitely on, and it's all over the place. We've got PR companies, we've got uh, think tanks, and uh, what do you call them? Uh, you know, all these these like the American pressure groups. Yeah, oh, pressure group, good one. American Public Transportation Association, uh, and it and it's a big money grab. Everyone's in there with their hand out. They're all going to take money. It's all going to it's going to be your yeah. money and my it's money. It's a scam. It's a now, one of the scam. things I yeah. noticed about that that transportation survey, which says sixty seven percent of Americans, I believe, is the number, would yeah. try high speed. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, they're not taking it now. So yeah, no, oh yeah, of course. You know, I'm on board. I, hey, put me idea. on the list. Yeah, sure. I'll, yeah, I'll raise my hand. No problem. It's a you bogus put that, survey. You put a high-speed train between here and L.A., I'm taking it. Yeah, it's a, it's a bogus survey, and it gets passed off like it's, uh, oh, let's do some rail because everyone wants it. And by the way, I have to say, uh, since the Transportation Security Administration has implemented the new uh, pat-down rules, dude, I don't want to fly. I'm almost ready to take the train. The nut grab. Yeah, but they're going to do that on trains, too. You wait. You know, we all have to get ready for it. You all have to go through the body scanners. And if you opt out, opt out, opt out, you're an opt-outer. Then you get grabbed. And, uh, by the way, they're they're now really going in there. Uh, tons of reports. They're really touching everything. Um, it's... Uh, you know, it's gotten to the point where I, 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 yeah, I don't want to fly. Yeah, but you made the point that you made just now. Yeah. Because, you know, you drop a bomb 
on one of those 300 mile an hour trains, yeah. going at 300 miles an hour, and especially when another train's nearby, come, just about to come by it. You're going to kill you're, more people and you're going to cause more damage, and we will be taking our shoes and belts off getting onto the train. That's exactly. the bottom line. Exactly. It's going to deny that, but it's going to shut down that line for a long time. You can you blow up a plane, the, the line, there's no line shut down. Yeah, good point. For weeks and weeks or months and months because the whole thing has been blown to smithereens. With an airplane, you know, you just use another runway. But with these things, you get somebody's going to do that, and it's going to be the same nut grabbing, the same naked body scanners, and the and you know the, the child porn machine. Let's call it uh, the X-rated machine is what I'm calling. Which it. will sell more machines, which is all we're in, into here. This has got nothing to do with these machines being effective. They're just selling machines for Chertoff's company, yep. or it's not his company, but he's a consultant. He's a consultant for the company, yeah. For and L3. you know the, the yeah. perversion machine, let's call it yeah. what it is. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's not going to be any difference. So right now, people are getting, you know, they're getting turned off to flying because of this bull crap. But the fact is, it's just going to be moved over to everything. Let me play a, a clip from the director of aviation of Lubbock, Texas. This is the uh, council meeting. Uh, the mayor was not available, but this guy stands up and uh, he actually, you know, says exactly the way it is. And he says that they're more like him, more directors of aviation. Not exactly sure what that means within a. Uh, a, a town council concept, uh, but at least he's speaking up, and at least these uh, this type of information is getting out. There. And the first item on the uh, first, the city council will come to order, and the first item on is citizens' comments. And Mr. James Loomis, would you come forward, please? Here he is. We're going to give you three minutes. I will. Uh, my name is James Loomis. I live at 5808 88th Street here in Lubbock. Uh, I'm a citizen. I'm also your director of aviation, and I come in both capacities today because there's something happening in airports around the nation that uh, I don't personally agree with, and other people in my position around the nation don't agree with either. And airports are public-private partnership, uh, local, uh, local. Which, by the way, is a really good point about airports being uh, local, uh, private-public partnership. It's not. It's not like government property per se. You with me? Yeah, yeah, no, keep playing. Okay. Typically local uh, entities own and operate uh, airports. We also have the Transportation Security Administration and the FAA is our other uh, uh, public entities, primary public entities. Uh, last week, the Transportation Security Administration uh, initiated enhanced screening techniques at airports around the nation. And by the way, we're still <clears throat> awaiting the uh, manual, which has not been published by the TSA, but we do have a number of clues as to what is in it. Um, and this guy drops a couple of them and I have a couple more from some of our producers. If you go through the magnetometer and you set it off, you'll be secondarily screened. Now you get multiple chances to go through, but if you continue to set it off, you will. If you're dressed a certain way, you'll be screened. And this, and there are other other things also that will cause you to be uh, patted down. Now, patted down is a, a term that uh, confuses me. Yeah, I I really like this when he said this, and a light bulb went off in my head. Yeah, it's like they're calling it a pat down, which is double speak. What, right, it's also a police term. Yeah, it's, and it's and it's not true. You're not getting patted down. You're getting groped. You're you're. This is a search. It's a body search, is what it is. It's it's a one step before the cavity search. But it's a nice double speak to say just a pat down. Don't we just pat you? Just pat you on the head, good little slave. Little pat down there. Now this 
we've all if you but if you caused things to happen in the past you would get the wand the wands are out this pat down which is a good point those wands were perfect yeah, now where'd they go? I haven't seen one for months. Months. He, yeah, he just said they're out. I mean, the wand, they would actually pull it up around your, as the TSA calls it, crotchal area, which I love, idiots, uh, and, you know, and along your entire body. And, and, you know, a wand can actually detect a lot of stuff, particularly if you're looking for metal objects, which is what the magnometer is for. And if it has a problem, then they can detect. I mean, it used to happen. It's like, oh, beep, beep, beep. Oh, sir, you, it seems like you might have a penny in your pocket. Yeah, no, wands are very... Uh, yeah, wands are very effective. So they're out, according to this guy, and he knows because he has the manual, obviously. He says they're out. They're touching genitalia. Yay! And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's just absolutely wrong for these people to be doing this. First and foremost, they are not law enforcement officers. Thank you very much. I'm glad someone's saying it. They are not law enforcement officers. They have a badge... They have a real badge. Remember when they were handing out badges, John, and they were crying, these people? Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm so happy. Because they used to have like a sewn-on patch, like what they really are, which is a a step above Boy Scout. They're not even an Eagle Scout. You don't even have to have a high school diploma. You have to have have a GED, an equivalency diploma to become a TSA employee, to touch someone else's balls. It's crazy. They're not law enforcement officers. They are not law enforcement officers. And the Fourth Amendment, I studied it last night, and I'm not a, I'm not a uh, scholar, but uh, there's no reason to be touched by anybody. There's no probable cause just because you bought an airline ticket. Another good one. And I believe he's right. Probable cause, which is the way it works in the United States of Gitmo Nation, you cannot be searched unless there is probable cause. And just because you bought an airline ticket and you want to get on the plane doesn't mean that, oh, uh, we have enough right to search you by some douchebag, some douche with a GED. And, and I, don't, I don't have much more than a high school diploma, but excuse me. There's no qualification here. This is happening nationwide. And when I found out about it, I called both senators' offices and uh, Congressman Nagabauer's office. It went into effect last Friday. And uh, one of the senators, the legislative aides, said, if I don't know about it, the senator doesn't know about it. And he did. <laughs> How do you, what do you think about that? The senator, That's funny. The senator doesn't know about it? You're kidding. Yeah, he didn't know about this thing coming into effect. He didn't know about it. What are these guys doing? They don't read. The, they don't read anything. They don't listen. They to don't anything. go. They don't watch TV. They don't read a newspaper. They don't know crap. Is that what the guy's saying? Yeah, essentially, he didn't know about it. He because there's no no memo came. It's through. just wrong. I implore you to contact our highest elected officials and protest this action on the on behalf of the Transportation Security Administration. Wrong is never right, and it galls me. That we live in a nation now where we can't use enhanced interrogation techniques on people we know are trying to do harm to us. Yeah, so he makes a good point here. And by the way, the distortion is not me. That's the uh, recording at the county meeting. He, he makes a good point. He says, you know, we can't use, although we do, but we can't by law use enhanced interrogation techniques, i.e. torture uh, terrorists, who, or at least we people that who work for the CIA who uh, are getting paid to act as a terrorist. 
So we can't do that. We have this huge discussion about it. But no one's talking about the fact that we're just groping citizens as if it's uh, normal. It's okay. That's a good point there. Yet, we can presume that every citizen who flies, to, who flies and goes to a checkpoint at an airport is doing something they shouldn't do. Now, here's the best part. Here's the amazing part at the end of the meeting. Here's what happens. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Lomas. I, can, can I ask him a question since he signed up? No. No. Oh, he didn't sign Okay. <laughs> can I ask him? That's another councilwoman. Can I ask him a question? Uh, no. No, you can't. No, I'm sorry. Shut up. Well, you need to find out who that guy is. How about this for an idea? Mm-hmm. I think the guy's right on all these counts. How about filing a uh, sex crime charge against the, get the badge number of your TSA guy, and if he grabs your nuts... Well, I told the cops. Well, that's one way. I was thinking it's illegal. Well, is yes, it illegal or not? Do they have some special privilege that makes them that they can grope people? No. I mean, if you go out and grope, go go uh, right now. Just anybody listening to the show, go out and find a fourteen-year-old out there and grope her. Yeah, and see how far you get. Now, how can these guys do it? Yeah, you'll get on the list for sure. That's for sure. Well. um... There's a couple things that you can do. That's one, and and I think that's a a reasonable idea to do that. Another thing I was thinking, if we actually had the manual, which I will eventually get my hands on, you know, people who have it are a little worried about losing their job sending it to me, but, you know, obviously I'm going to keep them, I'm going to protect them to the best of my ability. I'm even bringing my mail server in-house so that, you know, no one can, like, subpoena my ISP or basically just pick up the phone and call Google and say, hey, get Curry's email, we want to find out who leaked that. Um, there's a couple things in there, and we should make a list of answers um, because they they do ask you a set of specific questions. So first of all, they do the whole. If you opt out, the, then the first thing that is clearly in the manual is to yell "opt out, opt out, opt out, opt out." Everyone says that across the board, right? Every report you read, they all start yelling "opt out." Yeah, like a bunch of ducks quacking. Right. So there may be something we could suggest right there. You, maybe you stand up, you, you turn to the rest of the row and say, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, I am an opt-out. I was I'm- thinking of just waving. <laughs> just like the like queen? Like the queen. Yeah, with your hand, like the little twisty motion there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, we can do that. Now, there's another thing, because I've, I've been reading all these reports, and they're all very similar. But they ask the question, are any parts of your body sore? Before they uh, start feeling you up. So, um, what would an appropriate answer be? I don't know. What do you think? Like, yeah, my nuts hurt. Could you please not (laughs) squeeze them? (laughs) Would you mind not touching my nuts? They hurt. Um, they, they, They ask you to widen your stance. Which I saw kind of a snappy answer, which was, what, you think I'm a U.S. senator? Please, give me a break. (laughs) I thought that was a pretty funny answer. I think we need to come up with a list of great replies to these idiots who are doing this. And then you're just going to be seen as a smart ass and they're going to make it, they're going to slow down the process. Uh, Eric uh, has an interesting idea. He says, we need a story about how pedophiles are getting jobs with the TSA so they can target kids. Yeah, that's good. Ooh, I like that one. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate for these people who are just kind of doing their job because I, I don't know that they're pedophiles or they're, you know, the, the, I just know that they're low paying jobs and uh, the, the and the people that do these jobs take them very seriously. 
and uh, and not all these people are bad. In fact, I flew from Burbank to Oakland. They have no naked body scanners at uh, Burbank. I'm not sure if they've implemented them at Oakland. It'll be not in- yet. Not at Oakland yet. Good. Um, so, you know, so that was cool. And, uh, I don't, I don't mind the guys who's, who stands there and pretends to like check my ID with like that blue light. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great job. That's really working. Uh, and we know it, and we know it doesn't work because of that. Uh, what was that kid who, uh, flew, uh, he, he, uh, put on a, a full, a full head mask. Yeah. And, uh, it looked, looked, looked like a really old guy. Yeah. That was a good one. That's happened this last week. It was uh, to Canada, right? Let me see. It was uh, some, some Hong Kong to someplace Canada, maybe. Not yeah, sure. I'm look, yeah, he was. Uh, uh, I have the story right here. This, by the way, is going to be used as another reason to use uh, body scanners, of course, because you know if you're wearing one of these full full head on you know full on head and shoulder masks, that probably would show up on the naked body scanner. So you watch. That's going to be used against against us. And so the guy flew in from Hong Kong to Canada, and he filed for a refugee status. Um, so we know that that checking doesn't really work, but it's okay. I'll play along. You know, that's all, that's all right. There's no problem with someone checking that. You know, it's fine. You, you, I, I think that's valid. But everything else is not. So good idea, though. Shill, excellent. And, and if not, we should just start the rumors. Hey, did you hear about uh, John? All right, this is for no agenda shots. Okay, let's start it. Let's start it right here. So, John, I've been reading all these interesting reports about um, pedophiles joining the TSA to um, be able to feel up children. Did you hear about this? You know, it makes nothing but sense. Yeah, it's it seems to be. I mean, it's not in mainstream news yet, but I'm uh, I'm reading reports and. Uh, you know, people have these iPhone apps that track uh, sex offenders, and uh, many of them, I mean, I don't know what kind of checks they're doing at the TSA, but it seems like a lot of them actually, uh, we should do a survey. Well, I mean, you know, I have to wonder why they've gone in the direction of groping, illegally, I might add. And I, I still believe, you know, if you get groped by somebody without a, you know, this, these are not police officers, I think you should file a complaint with the local authorities. I think it's very valid. I think we need to uh, have, uh, first of all, I need to have uh, details available on every single TSA employee. We might have to sue them for it because you're right. I mean, it, it makes nothing but sense. If, you know, if you're a pedophile, where's the easiest place to go get your rocks off every single day for free and quasi-legally? All you got to do is uh, stand there and grow people. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It must be true. It's I'm reading disgusting. about it. Hey, it's good, man. Okay, so you can end the edit there, and uh, let's get that out. That's perfect. Now, here's an, here's another thing, by the way. I don't know if we posted the UCSF memo about yeah, the machines. I, yeah, we've had it in the show notes a couple of times. Put uh, it up again. Yeah, people I'm, need to read this thing. Yeah. Tell tell people about it. The U, UCSF took four physicists, essentially. That's the all, University all, of Southern California. Uh, no, the, University the, of California, California, San Francisco. San Francisco. Sorry. Yeah. That's a medical facility. And they they wrote this this very interesting note to the TSA. And, of course, they never nobody said anything about it, uh, questioning all the safety issues with this device because it focuses all its energy on the skin. Not to mention the fact that, by the way, people every once in a while, you know, these things fall out of tune. Somebody click, hits the wrong button. The next thing you know, they're cooking you in there. You walk out of there with radiation poisoning. And the funny thing is, I've seen this thing posted here and there, and people keep talking about, oh, it's mil- millimeter wave technology. It's not x-rays. No, ladies and gentlemen, the millimeter wave technology has never been used at these airports except experimentally here and there because it's too expensive. This is x 
X-ray backscatter. This is, a, this is an X-ray machine. They won't let the TSA, and this has become a scandal, by the way, and a lot of people don't like the idea of, of, of unions in, uh, in government work, but the, the, the TSA will not allow its employees to wear a dosimeter to see how much X-ray exposure they're having, despite the fact they have an X-ray machine scanning the suitcases, and then they have people walking through an X-ray machine that's being opened and closed and opened and closed. Who knows what's going on? We don't even know if the body scanner goes off when uh, when someone walks through it. I, I have a feeling it may be on full time. Well, then you get an X-rays all over the place. Yeah, yeah, the fact I'm, of the matter the is they there. won't let the TSA employees wear... This is all over. the the, the, the go on to any site that TSA guys talk on. Nobody is allowed to wear a dosimeter, which is a little badge that shows you how much exposure you have to radiation. They won't let them wear them because they feel that the public sees that they're going to freak and, and more people are going to opt out, opt out. And so that there's a, so they won't, so that people aren't even protected. People that work there aren't even protected and have no clue if they're being irradiated or not. The, read the UCSF letter. It talks about some of the issues. It's extremely, important to read this and it's extremely important that you don't go through that machine and uh, we'll post that in the show notes at noagendashow.com we'll post that again meanwhile the news that you are hearing is all set up to get you prepared ready willing and able to go through these procedures uh, this is in florida where they are about to uh, install the naked body scanners and listen to the lies that are twisted around to make you want them New tonight, TSA agents at OIA bust a man packing heat in his luggage. Officials arrested Felix Davila of Oviedo. They say the 49-year-old stashed two semi-automatic handguns and six magazines of ammo in his checked luggage. Okay, now, what did we just learn here? In that his they're checked, x-raying your checked luggage. Yeah, well, but it's in his checked luggage. He's not taking it on board the cabin. He can't get it. He can't hijack the plane. It's in his checked luggage. Which, by the way, in the United States, there's a legal way to transport weapons and ammunition. You know, you have to get a gun gun case. You have to check it with the airline. You know, the ammo has to be in a separate case. I mean, it's perfectly legal. He didn't follow the legal route, but that's beyond the point. He had it in his checked luggage, not on board the plane, not in his hand luggage. But what are we going to do with this information? Let's scare the slaves. It's definitely a good sign that they actually did find them and that the situation was taken care of. With all the security, you know, that you go through every time you come to the airport, it always seems like you got to go through this long line and you get all upset. But, you know, the idea they actually caught them, that's great. Okay, so, slaves, here's the message to you. You're listening to your fellow slaves. This is great. Long line's not a problem because it's great because they caught the guy's uh, guns in his uh, checked luggage. But your long lines are not for your checked luggage, but it's great. It's great because we're the slaves and we think it's great. Davila was headed to Puerto Rico. He told officers he needed them for protection. A separate gun investigation tonight at OIA. All new and Airtran federal flight deck officer lost his gun this week. Flight deck officers are pilots trained to carry guns as extra flight security. The Airtran pilot discovered the bag containing his gun was missing on Tuesday. It has not been found. These new gun scares come just as Orlando International is in the middle of a sweeping security upgrade. Security is getting a lot more personal as of this week. Full body scanners are being installed right now. TSA agents will also be performing more pat-downs. There you go. So you see how they do that? Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, it's perfect. These guys, uh, they took the oath. They're in. Well, they didn't. They're just reading the teleprompter, but 
That's yeah, how it same works. Thing. Yeah, that's how it works, and so it has nothing to do with 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 groping of genitalia. Your your balls has nothing to do with that at all. It's just a guy who packs some guns in his luggage, and then an air marshal who lost his gun. That's to confuse you. I'm like what? 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 Uh, uh. Oh, by the way, we've got security. Oh, okay, good. Well, thank God. Upgraded. Upgrade. It's, up- it's an upgrade. <laughs> it's an upgrade. <laughs> It's a slave upgrade, everybody. Anyway. So, uh, continue to opt out, and I appreciate all the emails we've been receiving from uh, uh, producers who uh, listen to this program and contribute. They're all opting out. You're sending in your stories. That's great. Um, And we just have to keep fighting it. Uh, There are a couple of groups. This epic group is now uh, filing a lawsuit but uh, a lot of Rand Paul people are behind this uh yeah there's also the young or, Americans or, or, I'm sorry uh, Ron Paul Ron Paul not yeah the Rand. young Americans for liberty and there's a couple of different groups but I like uh, our uh, so we have two initiative three initiatives now and uh, we all have to work on them one is uh file a lawsuit uh for uh sexual harassment uh the sexual no what would the sexual so it's a groping assault sexual assault sexual assault sexual assault uh, you can actually probably even file a sexual, uh, uh, no, assault, that's the one. Two is, I'd like to come up with a list of snappy answers, because I'll be using that one. So that Yeah, we can, let us know how that works yeah, for you. So we can be guaranteed we don't have a show next week. And uh, and the the third one, what was our third one? I don't know. And we had another, oh, 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 no, it's a, it's a... The news that has reached us that uh, pedophiles are now uh, oh, yeah, pedophiles getting jobs everywhere. at the TSA. It's its rampant. It's crazy. It's, it scares me. I mean, those guys could be pedophiles. Jeez. I mean, have you heard the well, news? Well, you take a look at Chernoff's picture that's floating around. <laughs> let's, let's not get too personal. I mean, take a look at the guy. I know. He does look kind of creepy, doesn't he? That's scary. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we should probably... Uh, should probably uh, just uh, file this under the uh, trains good planes uh, planes yeah, bad segment. Hit the theme. Uh, yeah, you know I haven't used it in so long. I don't know where it's it is. Last show. Yeah, I know we used it last show, but I can't find it. Okay, well, uh, it's around here somewhere. I, I can emulate. It All aboard! Trains good, planes bad. <laughs> All right. All right. Good work. Yes. Uh, that's enough of that. It's Good a depressing work, topic. Yeah, I mean, the it, fact it is that this depressing. is going on and nobody says anything about it, that guy nails it. And, of course, then, he sh- then he's shut down by, what, the mayor of that stupid town? Uh, no, it's the it's the acting mayor because the mayor couldn't make it. And there's some other councilwoman wants to ask a question. And the guy says, no, no, I'm sorry. You can't ask any questions. Well, no. Who is that douchebag? We should find out who he is and, yeah. and, and, and publicly humiliate him. It's in the, uh, shall I find out? It's in the show notes. Everyone can go take a look at it. Uh, no, you'll let someone else have to right, go check it. it out. Yeah, it's in there. We have we have all everything's in the show notes. All right, Johnny boy, take us down a different path. All right, let's talk about Obama going to. Oh, actually, let's do some uh, some real news because I think we're you know I've got a couple of real news clips. And uh, it'll take it'll, it'll lighten the load a little bit here. I think. Uh, and that would be great. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm out of it. Today. That would be great. That would be uh, that would be uh, really great if I could. Uh, fuck. You don't know where my <laughs> clips went. No, I know where your your clips went. I don't know where my clips went. Uh, and now for real news. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that clip. <laughs> that clip. Yeah, I can't oh, find the real news clip. It's oh. crazy. <laughs> We're out of control over here. It's so, th- things, uh, things are things, not going well. A couple of real news stories came to my attention. One is the one that apparently the major media, but the, but the right winger, late night right winger guys picked up on, which was the, which was the dubious uh, uh, use of Cat Stevens. Wow. On that John Stewart event. Play this real news clip, John Stewart and Cat Stevens. He's had enough of Yusuf. I speak of author Salman Rushdie, who was irked over the weekend to see Yusuf Islam, a.k.a. Cat Stevens, performing at the rally to restore insanity. You'd think Rushdie would get over Yusuf calling for his murder for blasphemy back in 1989. I refer, of course, to this. You don't think that this man deserves to die? Salman Rushdie, yes, yes, yes. And do, do you have a duty to be his executioner? Um, no, not necessarily, unless we were in an Islamic state and I was ordered, let's say, by the uh, judge or by the authority to carry out such a, an act, perhaps, yes. But Rushdie clearly hasn't gotten over it, and he expressed his displeasure about Youssef performing at the rally in an email to Standpoint magazine. Quote, I've always liked Stewart and Colbert. He has to say that, of course. But what on earth was Kat Youssef Stevens' Islam doing on that stage if he's a good Muslim like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that I'm the great pumpkin? Happy Halloween. Rushdie later added, I spoke to John Stewart about Youssef Islam's appearance. He said he was sorry it upset me, but really it was plain that he was fine with it. Depressing. So I think we probably should uh, take it back to uh, the late 80s when uh, there was quite a fracas, I remembered, about Cat Stevens converting to Islam and changing his name. And what, do you remember what all that was about, John? Uh, yeah, I remember it happening. But what it was about is you ran into some guy, I guess, who, who talked him into becoming a Muslim and he, you know, and, and to give up on his singing career. Which, it, it was really big. I mean, Cat Stevens had huge hits. He had yeah, uh, Morning Is Broken, which was, I guess, was his, his most well-known song. And everyone like loved the guy, and then he converted to Islam. Yeah, changed, and he became changed right. his name, and then it became like a a, a, t- a late night talk show joke. And it was like, oh yeah, you like Cat Stevens? <laughs> yeah, that dude's. I don't really remember what the problem was, though. Well, he was he became like a a, a, a besides converting, he became one of the, he was aggressive. You know, he was trying to get other people to convert. He was and he was like bought into this thing here. He would just as soon. Kill Rushdie because he because of well, the that wasn't until later though that was much later when he came out with the kill uh, uh, Salmon Rushdie I mean he, first he converted I don't think that was the that was the problem when do you I think don't he really converted? I think he converted around eighty two didn't he I can't remember but it, well, let's look it up on the Google yeah was well, let's check the Ministry of Truth I'm sure yeah. they would know look at the wiki page I'm sure there's some crap about him but there was something really weird at the time I rem- and I remember because I was in radio. And everyone's like, oh, we can't. And I think radio stations actually banned his song for some reason. I recall uh, this. I recall this. I can't remember what it was about. It was in December 77. He adopted his Muslim name, Yusuf Islam, right. the following year. In 1979, he auctioned off all his guitars for charity, left his music career, and devoted himself to educational and philanthropic causes in the Muslim community. Been given several awards for his work in promoting peace in the world, including the 2003 World Award and the 2004 Man for Peace Award and the 2007 Mediterranean Prize for Peace. Right. Well, that's crazy. Let's ban these guys. Let's ban his records. 
<laughs> he's not a part of the system. He Shut went back up. into the music business and he's uh, singing again. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Anyway. Oh, hey, by the way, John. And now, back to real news. Well, here's the other real news item I have, which is um, listed there. You know, this, is, this one actually kind of bothers me. Um, personally, because you know, and you always complain about it, You know I'm a sports fan. Yes, and I do complain about it. Yeah, and of course you do. Everybody does. Uh, who's not a sports fan? Right. And so you know, so I've I've watched ESPN all the time. I'm, I'm I keep up with sports in general, specifically the game, you know, the game sports. But but I, I thought I was keeping up a little bit. I know that Tiger Woods has kind of fallen off the map, and he's not number one anymore. But then I was listening to this report, and and do you know who the number one golfer in the world is? Uh, Magic Johnson play this i mean i didn't even know who this guy was i've never heard of him how did he become number one i know tiger woods has slipped i know he's like eight or nine or something he's number two but he hasn't won anything for a year yeah okay well let's play the real news clip then 96 that was the year tiger woods burst onto the scene his first season on the pga tour and since then woods has never gone an entire season without at least one pga tour victory until now, bringing what has been a disastrous season and a 12-month period overall for Woods to what is seemingly an appropriate end. He lost his five-plus year hold on the world number one ranking a week ago. So earlier today in Shanghai, Tiger Woods trying to salvage something in the final event on this year's PGA Tour schedule, leaving others to battle for number one. Here is an update. We begin with talk about Lee Westwood because he is the man who unseated Tiger Woods with that world number one ranking. Okay, Lee Westwood. Right. I'd never heard it. I mean, I don't know. How did I miss this? Maybe I don't pay attention. I don't, I'm not a big fan of watching her is golf. He, uh, or... Is he a white guy? Yeah. Well, that's why you don't know. That must be. Yeah, no one Lee cares. Lee Westwood. No, I mean, I felt like, what? Yeah, a whole no year has gone by, and I didn't even know who this guy was. Yeah, no one cares. Well, just no a lot of people cares. care, but it's beside the point. By the way, this is, all this points out is that pers- your personal life does affect your performance in everything. Yeah, of course it does. That's why these shows are so great, because I'm so happy. Is Mickey there in the room? <laughs> no, she's actually gone. I think she's uh, having coffee with Molly. Oh. Molly Wood. Don't be talking shit about me. Probably. Yeah, you know how that goes. Oh. So, uh, anyway, that's my real news story. I just no, it's was, very I, nice. No, I good. felt myself uh, very, uh, I was disturbed by this information. <laughs> you know, our Secretary of State uh, went down under. Uh, she's been tra- uh, traveling the, around. With, uh, that, you, that was a joke. It was a softball. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't deliver the punchline, but I thought it was in poor taste. I even waited a, a beat for just a second there, and you still, and you're, you're like, hey, what? Uh, no, I had it. I had it. I was ready to deliver it, but no. <laughs> so she was in New Zealand, and, uh, you know, I guess we, we haven't been too great with New Zealand, and we've been kind of at odds over... Uh, yeah, a bunch of communists. <laughs> A bunch of Kiwi communists. Give a nation Kiwi communism. There's only two million people there. It's like, you know, like whatever. You know, and and by the way, if only I could get all two million of them listening to this show, I'd be very happy. (laughs) Very, very happy. So she goes down under. As uh, it were. Yeah, as it were. But there's a couple of really funny uh, news stories that come out. Because what happens just before she arrives, another aftershock. And these guys are getting like uh, six and seven on the uh, on the new scale. On the whatever scale we're talking about. Yeah, I actually have uh, information about that now, believe it or not. It's called the uh, Modified Mercalli Intensity Scale. 
and I have the listing here, a six, um, which is equivalent to a five on the Richter scale. Aha! Yeah, I have an equivalency here. Ah, you got to send me that. I, I didn't know yeah, that. I, yeah. I, sh- I should have found one myself. I don't know why I didn't even So apparently a six on the, which by the way is not scientific. They even say it. It's not scientific. It's based upon the following criteria. This is bullcrap. I'm telling you, it's not scientific. It's based upon how you felt it. So, yeah, yeah. So a six is felt by everyone. It's difficult to stand. Some heavy furniture moved. Some plaster falls. Chimneys may be. Well, how, wait, 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 wait. I'm wait. not kidding you. How is that the equivalent of a five? Look. When the five hits, you can stand. Well, not according to the. Uh, uh, this is this is terrible. The educational site for budding seismologists. Anyway, so uh, they get hit with a, a six, which, and they've had thousands of aftershocks, and it's just crazy. And this, by the way, is a fault that none of the seismologists knew about. They never even heard. They never measured this. This is brand new. They're all freaking out because we have our uh, our Kiwi producers feeding us all this information. So. AP in New Zealand says uh, comes out with the following report, which is really funny. And I think no coincidence if you follow what really happens uh, after this. So the, the story goes, what is it about Hillary Rodham Clinton and earthquakes? It seems the Secretary of State rarely takes an overseas trip that is not in some way affected by a trembler. Uh-huh. She may not have felt the earth move under her feet. Nice pun, by the way. But as her plane landed Friday in Christchurch, the city was hit by an aftershock from a seven-magnitude quake that struck into September. Two days earlier, as she wrapped up a visit to Papua New Guinea, a six-magnitude quake rattled villages there. Those seismic events were at least the third and fourth to have hit countries while Clinton was visiting. (laughs) On her first... This is AP, amazing. This is a message. On her first trip aboard, abroad as America's top diplomat in February 2009, Clinton was shaken awake by a minor quake in Japan. Four months later, she felt a 5.0 quake in Honduras. Then in October 2009, tremor struck Pakistan while Clinton was there. So, um, oh wait. And those were just the ones she's been present for. Days before Clinton was to visit Chile in March of this year, an 8.8 magnitude earthquake caused severe damage in the South American country, forcing her to cancel plans to spend a night in Santiago. But she still made a brief stop in Chile to get a look at relief efforts, much as she did in January after Haiti was devastated by a powerful quake. Of course, the reason Clinton was in Papua New Guinea and New Zealand this week and will travel to Australia on Saturday is the Haitian earthquake. She was in Hawaii en route to three countries when Haiti was struck on January 12th. So, I'm thinking the following. Knowing that she, while she was uh, in New Zealand, she actually announced to the world that she is not running for president in 2012. I think she got the message. <laughs> These, she's traveling around and they're like, hey, that bitch... You know, we got to tell her to cool it. Hold, flip the switch. Oh, okay. Everywhere she goes, there's an earthquake. I mean, uh, really? Coincidence? I think not. So, uh, then here's the funniest thing, though. So she's there with the prime minister. And here's what he says. So, you know, President Clinton, I'm sorry. This, this, this <laughs> uh, he calls her President Clinton. 
Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and, and she, like, puts her hand up to her <laughs> forehead. Six, 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 Guy, thank you for, um, for uh, your time here in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, you're getting spanked. President Clinton. So, uh, I think uh, the two are, might be related. Yeah, something's going on. Uh, one of the things is this, 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 um, this trip to India is, it looks to me, and if you read uh, a, a oh, lot of... It, have you read the India Times? Well, tell me what you read. That this is actually a sales job for the weapons yeah. industry. Yeah. yeah. He's selling $10 billion worth of crap to India, and India's all pissed off because that we've sold $3 billion worth of crap to Pakistan, but at discounted rate. Yeah, we gave them a better deal. Yeah, we, we gave them a better deal. This is a, the whole trip. I and, think and, they're trying to instigate a war between the two countries and get it over with. Well, you think. But what's amazing is, you know, it's like, oh, you know, because the president. How's this going to go? They, they went over this to get 54,000 jobs. And meanwhile, he's, he, his first thing, I actually have a clip of him saying this. If you take a look at the clip list, um, you might want to just run it so we get a little background on this discussion. Intro to India. Let's listen. Yeah. NBC's Lee Cowan is traveling with the president. He joins us now from Mumbai with more. Lee, good evening. Good evening, Lester. Yeah, the president says the math on this is really pretty simple. Investing in one of the world's fastest growing economies, even if it is all the way on the other side of the world, is, as he put it, a strategy for creating jobs back at home. And he brought out the numbers to prove it. Well, you know, but he's not lying. The only thing he's he's not saying is what those jobs will be. Those jobs will be building weapons. Yeah, in the U.S., but the other thing is, why are we investing in India? I mean, why are we investing in India at all? Well, no, wait a minute. I don't think we're investing in no, India. No, that's, that's, that's what the report says, and apparently if you that's start reading... That's a lie. He's there to sell... No, I know he's there to sell arms. stuff, but he's also there to do a... Pre- he's just not going to just sell stuff without giving them something, and he's going to give them more jobs. If you read the uh, Job Destruction Newsletter, which comes out every so often, I'll get... Everyone should get on the mailing list for this. You can Google it. Uh, it's going to be he's going to do a bunch of offshoring deals. The Indians, you know, in exchange for the sales pitch, they're going to they want more outsourcing. They want more visas, H-1B and L-1s. And there's this new thing that just came up, according to uh, Sanchez, who does this thing. Uh, India wants to link. This is a beauty. Nobody's talking about it. India wants to link the social security systems of both countries together. Wow. So that Indians who worked in the U.S. on a temporary visa can draw <laughs> social security benefits if they move back to India. Jobs, 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 and jobs. Let's vote for jobs. Yeah! Wow. Wow. Do you have that report? Yeah, so he's got it. There's a million links here. You can look them up. Uh, I mean, I'll send you the uh, the newsletter. I'll forward you the newsletter. And you can take a look at all the all the links that uh, this guy puts together. Uh, one of the other things that kind of cropped up is that Clinton that keeps getting ignored by everybody. Clinton, uh, who set this thing up to begin with, is tight with Tata, especially with Tata outsourcing services. And I and there are I started documenting this and I started looking some of the stuff up. And I found a, it goes back at least this far with, uh, to a Norm, Norm Matloff, who is at UC Davis, who fights against all this, this bull crap going on with the employment in this country where it's all being sent to people that work cheaper. In 2004, first pointed out that uh, 
Clinton was doing doing special deals with the Indians, and she's like a consultant, or she's working for Tata. Uh, and she, he talks about what happened when she was on, she was on the Lou Dobbs show a few weeks ago in 2004. And let me just read from his memo. Many of you will recall what happened. Clinton Clinton was going on and on and saying how awful offshoring is, and especially how awful Bush is for allowing it. But then Dobbs pointed out that Clinton herself was very closely allied with Tata Consultancy Tata. Services, an Indian offshoring giant. She looked. Nervously startled and then agreed that TCS is indeed an offshoring giant. And she tried to justify herself by pointing out that Tata had created 10 jobs in Buffalo, New York. 10, <laughs> mind you. And Tata themselves said in a, in, a, in, a, in a statement that the 10 jobs would only be filled by Indians. So it seems to me, if you look at the map, John, it seems to me that... So India, of course, borders on uh, China. And uh, there's got to be some oil scam here as well. There's got to be some pipelines and stuff that's got to run through it. And, of course, uh, we have in between India and uh, what are those countries? Yeah, Pakistan, Afghanistan. Uh, or in between Afghanistan and India lies Pakistan. So if you want to ship the oil through pipelines from Afghanistan to India, you have to, uh, what do we have to do? Oh, yeah, get rid of Pakistan. That would work. Doesn't that seem like an obvious one? I mean, you, you can put it on tankers and go through the Arabian Sea. But if you just look at the map, logically, India, which is producing stuff, needs oil. They can get it from the Chinese. Well, they can get it from Afghanistan, which is, uh, who is that? Oh, yeah, that's us. Does well, you know, the Pakistan, the Pakistan situation, I mean, Pakistan went through a lot of trouble. I think it was in 47 when, it, when they became its own country. Uh, they went through a lot of trouble to separate themselves from India. Uh, yeah, no kidding, a lot and, of trouble. And they've 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 established a state, you know, and then they made the mistake of getting this this nuke. And I think this is what is going to be their Achilles' heel because what's going to happen? They're either going to try to nuke somebody, or something crazy is going to happen with the with the uh, with the weapons, and the country's going to have to be taken apart or something. Yeah. I mean, there's something. You can see the pieces coming together, but Pakistan is is definitely you know they're doomed. They're I think doomed. They, they might be doomed. Yeah, they're doomed. But it makes so much sense. The president goes over, sells a little bit more weaponry to India, so they can go kick Pakistan's ass. But at least they can have a good war. Now I, I want to remind people. I think nukes are out of the question. By the way, I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be. I think it's just going to be. You know, good no, I don't think there's going to be. I don't think they can allow an exchange to happen. But something a nuke could be stolen. I mean, there's a million excuses. You know, some uh, false flag situation where one of them is stolen and yeah, they're going right. to be used and they caught in the bud. Let me just see what we sold to India. Let me see if it's any good. M triple seven ultralight howitzers. Are those any good? Are those useful? Uh, they're good yeah, for shooting. Pretty good. Uh, 99 F-414 engines. Well, they're no good without the aircraft. Uh, 12 P-81 Poseidon long-range maritime patrol aircraft. Oh, there you go. The engines will fit in that. 6 C-130J Hercules Special Forces Transport. Oh, that's for the drugs. Oh, oh no, that would be the C-17s, the Globemasters. Those are better yeah, for no, drugs. Yeah, the other ones for troops. Now, Pakistan, we gave... M109 self-propelled howitzers. I, now, I'm not a military guy, but it, I'd rather have an M777 than an M109. You think the 777 is more advanced. Uh, 18 new F-16s. Oh, they gave him some... Oh, it's pretty good, the F-16s. Um, 8 P-51 
P3C Orion Maritime Patrol aircraft, six C 130s. So, uh, we gave him the same amount of C 130s, but then Pakistan also got 100 Harpoon anti ship missiles. What kind of a sick people are we? <laughs> this is sad. Hey, it's been going on for a while. But it's a, it's an arms job. We're, the president's <laughs> over there selling destructive crap, and it's just like, yeah, we're going to create some jobs over here. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, in the weapons industry, that's all we do. You know, we have, you know, there are professional <laughs> arms dealers. I think it's pathetic when the president has to become one of them. Yeah, well, uh, maybe the president no, they, is I mean, always couldn't, one couldn't of them. do the deal? She, was she, she was impossible for Clinton to sell this thing? He was too busy with hookers and blow. He was like, no, the other Clinton, the, oh, the Hillary. Well, that's what I meant. Oh. <laughs> Oops. No, it's like, no, she couldn't, she couldn't close the deal. No way. No, she can't do it. This president's much better. He goes, you know, he goes into to the memorial. He promises to bring the kids. You know, I'll bring Malika and Ashika. I forget. And they the, brought the um, Michelle, kids. who danced yeah, around right. and ate funny food yeah. and did all she's supposed to do. She looked pretty. Yeah, it's much more entertaining. You look at Clinton, you go like, I don't trust her. You know? Mm, yeah, she know. does. She's, you know, her sales, her ability to do sales seems limited by her personality. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Which is probably why she'll never be president. You know, Obama's a great president. Look, he is a sales guy. He sold us all on hope, which is not a business plan, by the right, way. Right, there's nothing. It was just all hot air, and he can, sold us. Can you us. imagine? I, I, I went to a venture capitalist and said, I hope this will work. <laughs> oh, yeah, here's some money. No, that's not how it works. It's not a business plan. Hope. I'll change something in the world. Oh, here's $50 million. Go ahead. No. Let, me read, let me read this paragraph from the uh, uh, Job Destruction Newsletter about this. Uh, uh, Rouse meeting with the Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, National Security Advisor, General Retire, and General Retired James Jones and other key officials of the Obama administration yesterday laid the foundation. This is the day before, the, uh, before Obama showed up. So they, they did set the stage for the, um, but oh, they yeah. couldn't oh, deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Anyway, this whole thing stinks. Stinks. Yeah, it does. It's, uh, someone pointed out in the chat room, Goldbug, I'll quote, I love it, a Nobel Peace Prize winner selling arms to India and Pakistan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a great catch. <laughs> That's a good one. I forgot about the Nobel <laughs> oh, yeah. Peace Prize. Peace Prize. Let me see, what is he, it's for peace. <laughs> Selling arms and all, and you know, and under the cover of it, I wonder who's at that business summit. I wonder if there's a lot of generals. There's like, I'd like to know. I don't know who. I haven't seen anybody mention who the CEOs are. They're supposed to brought some CEOs and there's well, some military. No, guys. of course, no one's. Where are they that. mentioned? Where's their Nowhere. names? Because you know, it's like the CEO of Boeing, General Dynamics, Rand Corporation. That's who it's going to be. Crazy. We're in a crazy, we'll crazy up. time. We'll We're in a crazy time, ladies and gentlemen. It's crazy. Well, it's talking crazy. about crazy, we do have some people we want to thank. Yes, we do. And uh, and they're not crazy, that's for sure. We thank them to an extreme. Uh, let's go over a few. Uh, these are people that donate to the show, help us keep us help keep us on the air, help keep us doing the show, uh, help us afford to do the show at dvorak.org slash NA, you, you should get on this list if you haven't uh, contributed. Uh, let's start with uh, Sir Todd Simmons, or Simons, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, from 8 Mile Plains, Queensland, he gave us a 12345. It's been a while since his donations. He's working on his third knighthood. He'll be a baron eventually. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Eric Arzjo, uh, North Bay Village, Florida, one hundred one dollars a one hundred one dollars even. Uh, what is a tough one? Cartesian uh, Interactive is, a, is the name of the company. It's a boutique interactive and web design studio in Seattle looking for a little karma. Yeah, well, let me uh, lay that on you. Hold on a second. You've got karma. They often stream us, stream us live in the studio while working and would like to de-douche in the office. Oh, my gosh. All right. Hello, everybody. At Cartesian Interactive, it's time for you to take a shower. Get together. We've got to stream some de-douching for you. You've been de-douched. I, th- I think someone needs to bring donuts to the office now. C-A-R-T-I-S-I-E-N dot com. That's great. I, you know, a whole office listening, that's awesome. I think offices should all be listening to this show. And you know what's great about it? You can actually tell um, the... Uh, R-I-A-A to go suck it that you don't owe them any royalties because every piece of music, everything we play is uh, pod safe when we, yeah. do no, when we do no agenda. So, you know, say, hey, we're all listening to this uh, stream. It's not really a radio. We don't have to pay any royalties. Right. Screw you. Josh, yeah. Josh Dietrich, Cary, North Carolina, $89.10 for episode 250. Unsolicited. Nice. Hey, John, what a great idea. We should do a promotion for episode 250. A quarter of a thousand. And and he has a a birthday shout-out coming out. He also thanks us for watching C-SPAN. Jargon Craig Jacobson from uh, uh, Virum, Denmark. Uh, he's a total douchebag. Douge, douge <laughs> With an X, nice. With an X, I like Do- it. Douchebag, yes. Uh, starting pay, you have credit here, I'll pay back. First job, karma, back order. He's a lot of, he's just not writing full here. sentences. Yeah, long time ODD with my job. As you did, Adam, I gave it up. And as karma shined on me, I will join a startup that will provide the best integrated... Po- oh, yeah, this is a, this guy set up a website... And uh, I'm not quite sure what I think about it. It's napower.com for No Agenda Power. And uh, look at it, John. Take a look at what you think. Uh, this is essentially a site where, and it's a, it's an affiliate model, so I'm not quite sure if, uh, I haven't had time to check it out. You know, I was really busy here uh, helping children this weekend. But NA Power is an alternative power company, apparently. And if you sign up with them, then I think it's just nothing but the billing changes somehow. But it does save you money. So you enter your zip code, and uh, then you get uh, if you switch to them, which I don't. It doesn't. Yeah, require. I've seen these things before. Is that for real, or is this? Uh, it's. It's. I. I, I had. Uh, it's a long story. We'll. Uh, we'll talk about probably in a future show. I'd like to. I'm not. I, I, a, I'm not necessarily a fan of the idea, although you can save money. Um. Anyway, I want to thank him. He knows a lot of ODDs out there have not found their medicine. Anyway, that's uh, napower.com. I do want to give him that plug. James Barnett, Southampton, UK, 7373, 73 from Golf 7, Golf India, Juliet. Hmm. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, he is a, uh, a, a ham. ham. A ham radio. Hey, 73's 88's back at you, good buddy. Woo, got your ears on. <laughs> Mrs. Cranky Geeks, uh, Chapsy wants to do, put, thanks for, he says 77, the 7373 is uh, well worth it. When Adam was on Twit last, he mentioned that he hangs around with open carry guns, uh, weirdo Apple employees. It would be most excellent to hear stories from that neck of the woods. 
Yeah, these guys uh, don't actually want me to talk about them for fear of losing <laughs> their job. So, uh, no, I'm not doing too much of that. But these are the guys that actually do the hardware uh, for your iPhone, and they are, they're in China all the time. And uh, But they do, uh, they're open carry, and I don't call them nuts. They're just open carry. That's yeah, fine. I don't think it's anything. It's just... It's just that's just legal. I mean, yeah. why are you nuts for doing something legal? Is it nuts to opt out at the? Uh, yeah, of course. Line? Oh, it's an, he's an opt out oh, nut. He's a nut. He's a op, nut. Job. Opt out nut. Oh, and those guys are cool. And they're uh, Miss Mickey. Mickey keeps threatening me. She says, "Wait until you see me with a Glock." Says you're gonna get you're gonna get so horny. Uh, sn- uh, sn- uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. What do you think, Snorri? Oh yeah, I have the note here from Snorri. Oh, okay. Stain. Uh, just sent you a new, uh, just sent a new new donation to No Agenda. Really, really great to hear you twice weekly. Also, thanks for the app show. Uh, he's also donated to that as well using the same model. I really believe in the value for value concept you guys are using. Want to support that concept as well as the great shows. As you know, I live in the high Arctic, seventy eight degrees north. Nice. And have uh, one of our. Uh, he's he's like our Santa Claus. Let's go visit the guy and do some some uh, well, some uh, well, wait, snowmobiling. Yes, we'll listen to this. He says, um, he, he's the guy who went to the North Pole, sent the picture to us in April with an in the morning note at the North Pole. Right. Uh, his home country of Norway, which, by the way, John, is known as Gitmo Nation brown cheese. I'm not sure why. Probably some cheese there that's uh, horrible. It's brown. Uh, he's very, uh, he says, Gitmo Nation brown cheese is an obedient slave to the United States. This week, we're all very surprised that the U.S. has spied on and surveyed the citizens of Oslo around your embassy. This is news I didn't know. Wow. I didn't know that. That hasn't been reported. It hasn't been reported. Also, send us some links to the stories. Also, we're very troubled by the actions of our troops in Afghanistan. The climate hysteria is overwhelming here. Our government is wasting taxpayer money left and right with, quote, no questions asked. That's an actual quote from our fearless leader. Don't ask questions, I guess he said. In the meantime, the snow is gushing down at a record early time. Our national glacier is growing and fjords are freezing. Scamorama, Scamorama 2010. By the way, I just got my 1,000cc, 125-horsepower snowmobile out of storage. Looking forward to some great action. So we should go up there and visit uh, Snora and uh, yeah, you can rent. You know, they have a, they rent snowmobiles like they rent cars. Well, we can get uh, free. We get Snora. Well, he's, uh, he's not gonna. He wants to drive too. Yeah, he'll let us. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe he has some buddies. We'll see. Yeah, right. uh, Edward uh, McClumfa McClumfa from yeah. Frimley, UK. So another weirdly enough, six six dot six six. Uh, Robert Sloan, San Mateo, California, sixty-two twenty-five, uh, and uh, he's uh, he says we do such a great job. He says he also added a five-dollar a month subscription. We advise everybody to do that. Uh, David Trotsky, Romeoville, Illinois, fifty double nickels on the dime, and he's got a birthday call out. We'll do in a second. And uh, I think it's an interesting name to have the name Trotsky. Yes, uh, indeed. Maxwell Roberts, Crown Point, Indiana, double nickels on the dime. Uh, he had an opt-out shouting match. Need some karma for the upcoming return flight. It won't help. Also, I'd like to call out Mark Hall as being a douchebag. Douchebag. Of course, and the reason for this is because he doesn't believe in the Greys and the New World Order. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that's up to you, my friend. Craig Kuttner, Norwalk. Connecticut. Uh, I've been to Norwalk. Uh, 55, 10, double nickels on a dime. Long time listener. Needs a de-douching. Also a reflect, another birthday gift. So hopefully that's... <laughs> You've been de-douched. 
Tristan Lennon, of course, gave his last $50, which now makes him a knight. Travis Wynn, also on the knighthood uh, track, and Mike Westerfield. <laughs> Finally, we got three more $50 donations from, uh, I think it's Nico Walraven. I don't think uh, it's... Nico Valraven. Valra- oh, he's, a, he's Dutch. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Shane Lindholm from uh, North Aurora, Illinois, and Zachary Gold in Corona, California. Everybody loves the show uh, and uh, wants Ron Paul to get elected to something or other. Anyway, that's our uh, producers this week. Yeah, and then just a, a brief note here from uh, Peter. Hey, Adam and John, I had a $5 subscription, but after plugging No Agenda with a friend, Pim Bo from Maastricht, and learning that he was already listening without donating and admitting to be a douchebag, I decided to up my subscription to the lucky $30 a month. Perhaps uh, this can get him de-douched. Well, we're a little bit bending the rules a little bit. But, uh, You've been yeah, de-douched. I'm not says, convinced that the, the remote de-douching is good. Well, for yeah, he act, the reason why I like these guys is because uh, they have two websites, squeezesquanderspin.com and... Partij van de Slavernij.nl, which is the uh, an official Dutch political party. It uh, translates to the Party of Slaves, which uh, I think is a fine. Oh, I got. I also got one more to mention, which which came in as a check. Forgot about this, and I want to apologize. James Spitzer uh, donated one hundred and one dollars, and I think he's also a subscriber. But that came in separately. birthday to Sir Todd Simons, who celebrated yesterday. Joss Dietrich says happy birthday to his uh, brother Matt, who turns 21 on the 10th. David Trotsky congratulates his daughter Megan Trotsky, her sweet 16 on 11-11. What a lucky day. And happy birthday to Craig Kuttner. It's your birthday, yeah! Oh, God. Sorry. Hey, let's, uh, let's do I'm some... Going. What? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, we got our knights in. Yeah, so you could grab your Hold on shaft. a second, I got the heavy blade. Ooh, oh. very nice. Great. Uh, could we please have uh, Peter step forward? Peter, who is the godson of Baron von Pelsmachers, which would make him... Uh, well, he'll be a knight, but I think he might need a special name. Mm, no, no. Oh, It'll be well, Sir is good enough for Sir now. Sir is good enough. All right. Neil, before us, thanks to Baron von Pelsmachers. Peter, you now are officially a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Step right up, son. Welcome. That we needed some young blood, John. I'm happy. I'm very, it's about very time. happy. Yeah, it's about happy. One more to go here as we grab our shafts once again. Nice shaft. Tristan Lennon, it's taking you a while, but you are uh, amongst a couple of, a handful, actually, uh, of layaway knights who has dutifully supported the show with $50 a month. And hereby you have reached your goal, Tristan Lennon, here forward to be known as Sir Tristan Lennon, Knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Enjoy the hookers and blow. Great. Great to have everybody on board. Thank you so much for your support. It's uh, the only way this show runs. And I'd like to point out um, why our model is the one we've chosen with some uh, a recent posting from our national treasure, John. 
Ooh, boy. Yes, our national treasure, as it's known in the, these United States of Gitmo Nation, is uh, National Public Radio, uh, also sometimes bunched in with PBS, the public broadcasting system for television. And uh, so these jabronis, uh, you know, they take your money. They uh, say, oh, we need some money, we need some money, but it's really a small piece of their money because they get it from big companies. But NPR posted a, a blog post, the Ombudsman, the Ombudsman for NPR, posted the following, which I wanted to sh- It's under the heading, NPR is not running Monsanto spots. Now, John, you and I have both uh, undoubtedly seen Monsanto sponsoring programming running on NPR. Well, I've seen a lot of it on PBS. Well, P- uh, True. But let me read this piece to you, and it's so funny in its justification that it's beautiful. And then you'll uh, understand where I'm, where, why our model is really the one that works. Public radio is at heart a public service, says Ombudsman Alicia C. Shepard. But it's complicated. <sighs> public, it's a complicated public service that doesn't operate like other media. Funny. You ought to see their, their new building they have out yeah. there. Oh, it's beautiful. Just yesterday, a man raved about how he listened to NPR all day long. I corrected him nicely because I'm the ombudsman. Actually, what you listen to all day long in Washington, D.C. is WAMU, which hosts NPR programming as well as BBC, American Public Media, Public Radio International, and independently produced shows. So uh, she goes on, blah, 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 blah. Uh... Why am I going, she says, well, because of this understandable misunderstanding, wow, that's horrible English, some listeners are firing off emails and phone calls, even a letter, even a letter, oh my gosh, someone wrote a letter, condemning NPR for running Monsanto underwriting spots, several blogs, blog posts are equally critical, they are incorrect, NPR is not taking any money from Monsanto, a large agribusiness concern that specializes in genetically engineered seeds designed to grow crops bigger and faster. Wow, that's a commercial right there. Yeah, no kidding. If, for example, a Washington, D.C. listener tuned into WAMU on a recent morning, he or she might have heard two underwriting spots from Monsanto around 8 a.m. Now, where's the confusion coming from, John? It comes from American public media which produces Marketplace, they are running corporate underwriting spots for Monsanto. You see, here's how the web works, the web of lies and intrigue. There's this other company, and I think the NPR ombudsman is probably, in essence, correct, but American Public Media, a nonprofit organization, I might point out, who had revenues of $96 million last year, $96 million dollars, They are the ones that take underwriting money from companies like Monsanto, but they are a public media company. They receive government funding for their public media, but they also have underwriting. And if you go to their, and look at their building, you thought NPR had a great building? These guys actually own radio stations. Here, Nearly 800 stations carry America Public Media's 20-plus national programs, including award-winning programs like A Prairie Home Companion, Marketplace, Performance Today, and more, reaching 16 million listeners around the world. In addition, America Public Media operates 43 public radio stations and 32 translators in the upper Midwest, California, and Florida. So these guys are a nonprofit organization 
And they say 60%, I've read the read their annual report, you can see it right online, americapublicmedia.publicradio.org, 60% of their money comes from donations. Now, those donations, they say in their own report here, are primarily from companies. Companies donating money. And for that, they get a 15 or 30 second spot. You can see the pitch right there on their website. And this is a company that the United States government is uh, sponsoring. But if you want to do some underwriting, leverage our reputation. Magnify your reach. Wow. That's 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 just a sales pitch. Yeah, and they go through the same thing. Nearly 800 stations, stations reaching 16 million listeners carry our programs each week. And they go and list them again. Leverage our leverage our reputation and magnify your reach to attract discerning high-income consumers and multiply your underwriting opportunities. That's that that is a commercial pitch. Yeah. Totally. On air, America Public Media's national programs are proven to attract listeners in top markets. As the largest owner and operator of public radio stations and a top producer and distributor of public radio programming in the nation, American Public Media makes connecting to dedicated listeners simple. By partnering with American Public Media advertisers, advertisers, advertisers. They said the word advertisers? Advertisers. Okay. Can target their focused messages in clean 10 or 15 second spots or online to attractive audiences. I guess they look good. With strong loyalty to nationally recognized programs such as Prairie Home Companion, Marketplace Performance Today, and the Splendid blah, 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 blah. It's a 501c3, too, which makes it even more interesting. So they, are, they cannot be objective. They are attracting advertisers. They cannot be objective. No, and by the way, I want to mention to people out there that our site to donate is Dvorak.org slash NA. And these are the guys we have to compete with in terms of like dissemination of, of accurate information. And of course, if you put the two side by side, I think we'd beat them because I, I think we see through a lot of the bull crap, whereas they just essentially are producing product that just, you know, by the ton just to get their $100 million in. Yeah, and uh, you don't even want to know about this. And it's salaries. a nonprofit. That's a beauty. I love that yeah. building. Oh, yeah, by the way, both John and I have to pay taxes on your uh, your donations. And yeah, these do. guys pay none. Yeah, we pay taxes. You send us a PayPal, PayPal takes a piece, and then we have to pay income tax over that, which we do. And uh, uh, Mimi and I coordinate. We coordinate so that uh, we make sure we've listed everything. We're good little slaves. We can't hide it. We don't want to be audited. That would be the worst. And we pay taxes on it. And these guys have a beautiful building. They got nice cars. They don't. And have they're anything. beholden to Monsanto. That's right. That's right. So you tell me where you want to put your money. You tell me. I would really appreciate you help us pay some bills because that's all that it's used for. And uh, we will you continue know. to deliver a good service to you. Value yeah, for please value. help us out. Dvorak.org slash Annie. And I want to mention something about this American pub. I'm at their website digging around. I cannot find the list of the stations they own. Really? Can you help me out there? I can't. It's not like it's not in the menus. You're kidding me. No, I can't find it. It might be in the annual report. It's a PDF file I want to load. Right. But it's just like not on here. That's amazing. 
Well, it's kind of weird, it seems to me, if they own, what, 45 stations or something like that? Uh, no, more Wait, here's the regional networks and initiatives. Maybe this has something to do with it. That's, like, odd. I just want to see what local stations they probably own. They uh, own a lot. Well, they, they own uh, a lot. Anyway, while you're uh, looking at anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. I'll so, find it later. Yeah, you'll find it later. Hey, uh, biodiversity time. We don't well, have you know, This is getting to be ridiculous at the point where <laughs> Let me tell we got you. a lot of mail and people saying, yeah, it's noticed that they, 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 our country, you know, usually from overseas says, you know, it's just like they, they've dropped the global uh, warming and they've, they've gone to biodiversity just 100%, which is all part of the same. It's just the second. It's the, it's the um, plan B, which it, nobody's picking up on except us and our listeners. Oh, I have uh, the list of stations for you here. John. Oh, so, yeah, Eric sent it to me too. No. Okay, okay, you got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. Okay. All right. It was yeah. a PDF. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, anyway, I was just saying that it's just. Uh, sorry, I got distracted. What was I saying? Because I got You're this dis- biodiversity. Yeah, no. Everybody says that it's become. Uh, it's it's it, they're all everybody's switching over worldwide to this meme. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, we and it's like it. it's almost as though the the, the uh, global warming thing was set up as a. It was like the setup picture for the closer in a baseball game. You got the, everyone all worked up. Now all the bad things that were said about you know this is bull crap and these guys are liars and they, we have proof that's all done we're starting over yeah, we're starting we got a new over. guy coming in yeah no we have a couple guys so uh here's what i've dug up uh arnold schwarzenegger who of course uh will now be uh governor uh ex ex governor by the way this list that i was sent is a list of npr stations this is not the list i'm looking for okay go ahead uh here we go hollywood <laughs> you know, if you want to sell something to the people, you got to get Hollywood involved. And we know how they're all slaves. We know. Just listen to Randy Quaid. Hollywood and political heavyweights are scheduled to attend a global summit at the University of California, Davis, this month. It is the Governor's Global Climate Summit 3. Funny, John. I don't see an invite for two or one around. Uh, it is subtitled Building the Green Economy. And it takes place November 15th and 16th at the UC Davis campus. And that's very important. I'll tell you why in a moment. Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger is co-hosting along with the governors of Michigan, Washington, Wisconsin, and Oregon. Notable participants. British Prime Minister David Cameron. Yeah. Nobel Prize winner Rajendra Pachauri. Ah. A, f- a familiar name, perhaps? Oh, yeah. The, the dark, that uh, the, the weird-looking... Guy looks like the devil. Yeah, the who's dudes. the head of the IPCC? Yeah, the dudes from the IPCC, your global warming shill. Um, UC Davis uh, Chancellor Linda Catelli will welcome summit participants along with Schwarzenegger, former Secretary of State George Shultz, and who else is going to be there? Harrison Ford. <laughs> now, why is this important, John? <laughs> Why is Harrison Ford important? And and one of our producers dug it up. So the 15th, now remember, in Hollywood there's a saying, when someone has a movie opening, they say, hey man, my movie's opening this weekend, would you please go next weekend? Right? Because all the marketing money is always pushed into the opening weekend. You want to have that big $20 million plus opening But equally as important is the next weekend is when you really want all the human resources to go so you can stay at the top of the list, which can prolong your marketing money 
and there's more investment. That comes. It's a whole bunch of... Right. Well, and the other thing is is that the media picks up on the... If it falls off rad- drastically, it yeah, sends the message to the public yeah. that the movie sucks. Yeah, failure, failure. But if it, if it falls off on the third week, it, by then nobody cares. So November 10th, it's, it's like... It's like... I didn't want that to actually play for some reason. They shut up, shut up, Flash. There we go. Shut up. You can't even turn the fucking music off. Stop. There we go. In theaters, November tenth, which is the first weekend, and of course, if you have a summit on the fifteenth and the sixteenth, you're perfectly timed for the second weekend. Harrison Ford stars in Morning Glory, a brand new movie. Coincidence? I think not. It's so transparent. Diane Keaton, Harrison Ford, Rachel McAdams sees the morning, Morning Glory, in theaters November 10th. Brand new movie, and Harrison Ford is out there in the public eye saving the world. How convenient. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous. That's how it works. The most ridiculous thing is that the media or nobody calls these people on this, of course. I mean, you know. No. 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 And it's. uh, Yeah, everybody notices. Luckily, our producers are all onto this scam. Yeah. So, you know, a guy shows up out of the blue. Harrison Ford, we haven't heard from him. Now, all of a sudden, he's an environmentalist or whatever. And then, you know, what does it take to do two and two? You do a search, you find his movie's coming out. As soon as the movie's done, he'll be gone. He yeah. looks like he has zero interest in anything. I like the Morning Glory uh, context, uh, subcontext there. Yeah, it is funny. Yeah, it is kind of cute. Hey, um... I'm so proud, even though uh, we're still at a 99% douchebag ratio and uh, we're not quite really making enough uh, for the amount of work that goes into the show, but we're happy to continue doing it. We're building, obviously. 250 shows I'm building. I'm very proud of uh, the people who are working at different uh, places around uh, Gitmo Nation and uh, continue to send us internal emails. Again, the whole reason why I want to move my my, uh, mail server off of the cloud I want to protect people as much as I can. I received four emails from Kaiser Permanente uh, about the same internal memo. Uh, Kaiser Permanente is uh, what? Is a big healthcare organization, John? Huge, huge, especially on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe I should just read this to you. Yeah, read it. Okay. Dear KP colleagues, Kaiser Permanente is going into the Guinness World Record book. Official observers from Guinness were on site in person to verify that we had, in fact, set the new world record. What record did we set? Well, I'm glad you asked. We did the most flu shots ever at one site in one day. (laughs) The old world record was 3,271 shots at one site in one day. We did 6,215 close to double. San Diego set the record for us. We did the shots at Qualcomm Stadium. We had teams of doctors, nurses, and support staff on site, armed with our medical record and remote access. And we, wow. And we blew past the old Florida site one day record by noon. Guinness loved it. And they wrote us a very nice confirmation letter that that celebrated our commitment to public and community health, as well as our extreme effectiveness. 
We are in flu shot season again, my friends. Every region has active flu shot programs targeted getting both our members and our staff our flu shots. Flu shots save lives. Every year in the U.S., there are about 30,000 influenza-related deaths. Flu shots keep our members safe and alive. Safe and alive members is a good thing. And then it goes on. Hawaii, for example, has created a roving shot cart. (laughs) <laughs> a roving shot cart to get vaccinations to our staff. I don't know who the marketing genius is behind all this, but I give them kudos. Colorado has set up a paperless flu clinic to facilitate shots at all care locations. Northern California has set up a number of healthy workplace fairs and again is running drive through vaccination clinics in several of our parking lots. We are experimenting with shot buses. Oh, my God. They go to senior centers and pick up busloads of seniors. We load those fuckers in the bus and we shoot them up with shit. And that's not in the memo, but I made that up. Then we have our team of caregivers actually go on the bus and give the shots. So the seniors never need to get off the bus. Yeah, I think we, we, we get the point. Yeah. So, um, and anyway, uh, most of our, uh, most of these emails that I received, uh, they said, hey, you know, this is really great, but uh, I don't want to participate in the uh, staff vaccination program. And uh, they've been threatened with all kinds of nasty stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's like a repeat of last year. And now it's the Guinness. You watch. If this hasn't been out there yet, it'll be, it'll be a big. Oh, yeah. No, you want to get in that record book. Yeah, you want to be in the record book. You want to be a part of the program. So so let's talk about the election in Alaska. Oh, is there one going on? Well, it's ongoing because Lisa Murkowski, who was ousted by this, I would say, major, major douchebag. And I would say that because listening to him talk, he's got like a, uh, uh, what's the mayor of San Francisco, uh, Gavin Newsom Newsom haircut. He's got that kind of haircut. But he's got one of those... I just sent you a link to his picture. Hold he's, on. Every time you see him, he's got the five o'clock shadow, which that you know that special razor blade you can buy, so you can have that douchebag shadow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me take so a look at he, that. He's a lawyer. He ran oh. as a he ran as a uh, you know conservative uh, Tea Party candidate, heavily supported by um, what a douche. Palin. Yeah. And so Mukowski said, screw that, I'm going to run. She was kicked out of the, you know, she's been a senator. She was a shoe-in to win. She decided to run a, a, a write-in thing. And so they put her, so she wins. So wow. this douchebag is now here. I have a report you can listen to the whole thing here on the uh, uh, clip, and it kind of bring you up to speed. Uh, which one is it? No, it's a Lisa douchebag clip. Let me see what it's called. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, Stinger, real news, real news. Murkowski. It says Nurkowski. And uh, I want to point out that I misspelled her name. And this douchebag came out with his people and, and the Palin group. And by the way, these people should be ashamed of themselves. These, these so-called Tea Party people, including Palin, who is a sleazeball because of this guy, as far as I'm concerned. This guy is slimy. Anyway, he said, well, if they didn't spell her name right, then they shouldn't get to vote, shouldn't count. We're following another kind of mystery tonight, this one of a political nature. Who will win the United States Senate race in Alaska? With a pile of write-in votes being counted, determining the winner could get ugly and could last a very long time. NBC's Kristen Walker reports tonight from Anchorage. Lisa Murkowski and Joe Miller caught in a cliffhanger. 
Murkowski, the most visible write-in candidate, celebrated Tuesday when returns showed the write-in ballots topped Republican Joe Miller by 13,000 votes. If she wins, she would be the second write-in candidate in U.S. history to claim a Senate seat. We recognize that we are not yet um, complete with making history, but we are poised, and it feels it feels pretty good. How realistic do you think it is for you to win this race? Well, you're missing the 31,000 absentee ballots that have not been counted yet, and that's a significant component. In a campaign that's been full of controversies, now another one. Which write-in ballots should officials count as legitimate? like another hanging Chad thing? Yeah, exactly. And that, by the way, the guy who was talking like this, or this is Joe Miller, you know, we're missing the 31,000 absentee ballots, and that's a considerable number, and I think, uh, you know, we'll come out of this okay. The Miller camp has argued that if Murkowski's name is misspelled, it should not be counted. Election officials have said they will be looking at voter intent. But political analysts wonder what exactly that will mean for the counting process. There will be attorneys uh, on the shoulder, on both shoulders, of whoever that person is that looks at that ballot. The battle has been contentious from the beginning. When Miller beat Murkowski in the GOP primary this summer, she was stunned but defied her own party and ran as a write-in. Miller was emboldened. Aligned with the Tea Party, he had the backing of the GOP and Sarah Palin. The race captured national headlines and saw heated debate on both sides, including an allegation that Miller used government computers for personal reasons in 2008. Do you regret not releasing more information earlier? Uh, yeah, this is an event that occurred a couple of years ago. Certainly a mistake. I learned from it. The rancor reached a fever pitch when dozens of self-avowed Miller supporters signed up as write-in candidates to confuse voters. Alaskans say they've seen enough bickering. We don't have chads to worry about, but we do have little circles to worry about, and we have spelling to worry about. They just hope their next senator is named soon. Kristen Welker, NBC News, Anchorage, Alaska. By the way, so this sleazeball organized a bunch of fake write-in people to confuse matters. This is the sleaziest guy, and the Tea Party people should be ashamed of themselves, and they should they should finally, as we said on the show many a time, Sarah Palin is a fake who's been put in as a false representative of, of this crowd, yeah. and sh- this is an example of her work. She has to be stopped. Yeah. And by the way, I have, every time I mention this, I get a bunch of interesting emails. Oh, you know, you're so anti-Sarah Palin. She's the greatest. She's going to be our next president and the rest of it. She is a creep for being involved in this. Yeah. And, and I'm, the, I'm the number one proponent of, uh, of Sarah Palin as a woman and uh, as an American. You know, I've read her book, and I don't roll my eyes when I mention, you know, just for just for any reason, because, oh, she's so stupid, oh, she doesn't read newspapers, whatever. But this, this is a reason to not like her. This is a real reason. Yeah, the people's will is being uh, essentially subverted by this clown, and obviously they want this other woman back for whatever reason. She seemed a reasonably good senator. She was a Republican. She helped the numbers. And meanwhile, they oust her because of this uh, this creepy uh, attorney yeah. who, who has to have that 5 o'clock shadow, which is totally <laughs> douchebag. The Don Johnson look is kind of out. Totally douchebag. <laughs> and his old, I mean, it, and, with the, and he's also got the greasy hair. He's got the Gavin Newsom look. Yeah, it's no I good. mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's no good. You know, Mickey and I were talking about the the voting process the other day, 
And uh, it was more about Prop 19 in California, which got defeated by like a, an amazing number, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was, it was crushed. And she says, so what is this? Why? How did this happen in California? I said, well, it's only one of two reasons is possible. Either A, voter fraud, which is very possible. But I think, unfortunately, in this case, it's B, which is indoctrination by the media. If you saw all the commercials about how evil marijuana is and the Halloween cookies laced with marijuana and people killing each other because of being on marijuana, I think it's indoctrination. Well, there was a lot of the the guy was hospitalized over the cookies for some reason. A lot of this stuff. And people just get it was all subtle, all subtle. You were even on Twitter, and I heard uh, Loic Lemur, what is, what's his name, the, the LeWeb guy? Yeah. And he's like, uh, I think this is crazy, this is stupid, we should not, uh, why are you introducing, the, the country that is about to have alcohol outlawed, the country that gives 12-year-olds wine with water. The whole thing is ridiculous that people would turn on this. On the, of course, it's going to come back because it's going to. They just keep hounding it. Yeah, eventually. But the point is, is like, wow, our, this is how dumb Californians actually have become. And it's the most liberal state. It's the first state that should legalize something like this. Uh, I mean, and then they vote in Moonbeam Jerry Brown and vote no on the marijuana thing. It makes no sense. They're stupid. Yeah, and you know what? We may have to move out of the state. Ah. Oh. Well, you, because you're going to get, you know, people are so, just like watching the movie Idiocracy. I mean, I'm surprised people, you know, just aren't walking into each other. Maybe they are because they're on the phone all the time. <laughs> Whatever the case, it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. Let's talk about the demon drink for a second, John. Oh. Yeah, I got a drink. couple of interesting demon drinks. Now, there's a, you, I, the first person I ever heard use this term neo-prohibitionism was you. And it seems like it's being propagated. First of all, Mythbusters is now on board. I have not seen the episode, but apparently the, and we know that Myth, weren't they at, um, weren't they, didn't they have Obama on the show or he's coming on the show or they were at the White House. So, you know, they were getting their orders. I don't know. Yeah. I I think Obama's coming on the show, but they were at some event and it's like, oh, Mythbusters, good, great. We're all part of the program. On the last episode, apparently, which I have not seen yet. They uh, were pushing the tipsy agenda, according to uh, producer Nicholas, who did see it. Uh, testing to see if driving with a blood alcohol level of 0.6, which is not illegal, at 0.8 is the legal limit. If that is worse than uh, or equal to driving when you're sleepy. So it doesn't even matter. How what can the you even was. make How can you even do that test? I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't know how they did it, but it doesn't even matter what the outcome was. The fact that they're doing it means they're on board with the program. Yeah, I would agree. They're shills. They have to be. They're shills. Then we have uh, the following report from Gitmo Nation East. Four beers a day can make you blind. (laughs) (laughs) What are they they putting in the beer? What? This in England? Yeah. Ah. Knocking back four beers a day doesn't just risk a serious beer gut. Another reason not to drink. It could also be damaging your eyesight, according to a study of Australian men. Research shows men in their 60s, who I guess go blind anyway, who drink alcohol heavily are about six times more likely to develop the most debilitating form of age-related macular degeneration, better known as AMD. A new one to add to your list, John. You have ODD and AMD. Wow. AMD. It used to be a company that made bowling equipment. (laughs) How about processors? 
Wasn't AMD a... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. AMD company? is the bowling guys. AMD. What am I thinking? I'm like yeah. the computer guy. What a dork. We anyway, found that higher levels of alcohol, more than four standard drinks a day, was associated with a threefold increase in end-stage AMD in men, said Dr. Chong. And you know when, you, when you're an Asian <laughs> doctor, you you have more legitimacy. Yeah. yeah. It's always, it's always Chong. right. It's perfect. Wow. Yeah, you know, so wait two weeks, it fall off. That's the punchline. Four beers, ladies and gentlemen, you can go blind. I thought it was just from wanking. Where's that study? So four beers. <laughs> what is the what is the mechanism here that we're talking about? It doesn't make any sense. It's age-related macular degeneration. From beer? Any alcohol. But uh, they only tested beer, beer drinkers, I guess. Well, alcohol is a neurotoxin. Here's a quote. So it is thought... Thought. Levels, oh, it's yes, thought. thought that high levels can actually cause retinal damage that might lead to the disease. Listen to that. Thought might. Thought and might. Thought and might. <laughs> they use this in a story. But this, it gets better. It might be, might, that heavy drinkers were also more likely to smoke, which is a well-identified disease risk, says Dr. Chong. But regardless, heavy alcohol intake is harmful, so cutting back will always do you good. Be a good human resource. We need you working. Don't drink. What's Dr. Chong's first name? Um, hold on. I just closed the window. Uh, Dr. Chong. Elaine. Dr. Elaine Oh, another Chong. one of them. She's from the Royal Victorian... But I, when I say I that, by the way, I'm referring to the woman who's the head of the UN's uh, WHO. Yeah. yeah. Another shill. Yep. This was a study of almost 7,000 people over a period of time. Elaine Chung, she's all over the place. Well, no, she's an artist. Mm. It's a different one. Amazing, huh? Might, and it could be. You never Might, know. Might, could be, never know. That's right. Dr. Elaine C. Chung, no, this is a family practice. But beer drinking Chung is like, this is the name you can't use. It's, it's like there's too many Chongs. Tommy Chong. Beer drinking in particular carried a six-fold increased risk. Quantities of wine and spirits drunk were too low to evaluate their risk. Oh, stupid. And then uh, Free Wheezy, yo. Lil Wayne has been uh, released. Lil Wayne, very important. Lil Wayne, you know Lil Wayne, John? Lil Wayne? Lil yeah, Wayne. I know Lil Wayne. No, it's not Lil Wayne. It's Lil Wayne. Yeah, whatever. Lil Wayne. So, um, he's been released on uh, probation. And uh, I have his probation documents here. He is forbidden from drinking alcohol or anything that contains alcohol for three years. How does that work? How is it possible? And it's actually on the he, form. He can't take any uh, cough syrup in the rest of his life no, or something? What's no. the deal? You can't, you can't drink Listerine. Well, you're not supposed to drink it, but you can't use Listerine. Anything. No. But what's interesting is the form, which is from the Superior Court of the State of Arizona, it is actually a check item on the list. It's not like just written in there like you can't drink alcohol. It's actually a check item. The check item, I'm looking at it right here, number 17. Not consume or drink any substance containing alcohol. It's on the checklist. I mean, if the guy, the reason he went in was for weapons possession. It was a weapons charge. How does that relate to him, to his parole, not being allowed to drink or have consume any, like you can't have tiramisu. You can't consume any substance containing alcohol. Can't have rum baba. <laughs> no rum baba for you. That's just crazy. And it's, on, it's a check item. 
Is this what it's come to? Has it always been this way, John? I, I didn't know that when you were let out of uh, out of jail on parole that you couldn't drink. No, that's part of the system. That you know these these neo prohibitionists have snuck in. You know, led by the uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving crowd, which is of course the originators of that organization have all quit in disgust. Yes, they because have. it's been taken over by essentially prohibitionists. Because sixty percent of all the money goes to their salaries. Hey, right, and it's a scam. Uh, but you know, it's a scam with a good cause. Oh, it's about the children. Yeah. Um, well, actually, on this form as well, you ha- everywhere you read this legislation, you have to take uh, classes, uh, supervisory classes, and these are the ones that uh, Mothers Against Drug Driving actually runs. This is a big source of their revenue. Is these classes, and then they have the scram bracelets. With you, know, you have to pay for that. It's all money. Yeah, it's all money making. It's It's all for for making money. Yeah, it's all for making money. Thirty six months, no drinking. The the, the guy. I mean, that's impossible. No, it's not thirty six months, no drinking. It's thirty six months, no alcohol under any circumstances, under any system. You can't have anything. You can't have a. uh, You can't gargle a rum baba. You can't have a rum baba. You can't (laughs) gargle. You can't have. You can't do anything. Essentially, if I can't can't have a rum baba, I'll stay in the slammer. Damn it. You can't kiss a girl who's had a drink. That's right. That's consumption. You know, for with Lil Wayne, he's fucked. Excuse me for saying it. Sorry, dude. Well, I can't find out anything on, on Ms. Chong. I have a uh, end of show clip, by the way, that I want to share with everybody from uh, a chemist. Well, I hope it's not like the last one. You know, I got some notes from people who actually said they love that end of show clip, the last one. Well, I'm sure there's people that like everything. There's a yeah. lot of people that, that like torture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Under the right conditions. Got a note from Dick Cheney saying this is like the best clip ever. <laughs> hey, good one. <laughs> hey, it's Dick here. Uh, you guys are doing a good job. Send us some money, Dick Cheney and Michael Chertoff. Send us some money, you douchebags. No, this is uh, Niels Herrett. He's a chemist from uh, Norway. And he has some explosive news, uh, literally, pun intended, about uh, World Trade Center 7 and 2 and 1. Okay, that should be interesting. Now, let me mention something, uh, uh, which I think we need to follow, because we didn't bring it up at all in this show, which is the, uh, the sudden emergence of, the, uh, of, this, of this one piece of information, supposedly, that says that, you know, that, that this was a plot from the Al-Qaeda. We're talking about those... those Toner cartridges. Oh yes, of course, the which are, evil printer cartridges from uh, Yemen. They're all, which, which of course relates to our earlier uh, piece on the planes bad, trains good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, but I thought the whole thing was kind of interesting. Let's see if I have a clip. I don't know that I do. Uh, yeah, laser bombs from Yemen. Play this. It's a short clip, and let me just make a comment about it. Here we go. We learned today that the U.S. received a warning from Saudi Arabia earlier last month that an al-Qaeda operative on the Arabian Peninsula was planning on attacking using one or more airplanes. That was three weeks before the recent cargo bomb plot was foiled. Earlier this week, al-Qaeda in Yemen said it was behind... Wait a minute. There's a new group, al-Qaeda in Yemen? No, we've already talked about al-Qaeda in, in no, Yemen. No, they're supposed to be, they got to get their names right because it's al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. Hey, this is a branding issue, okay? We got. We oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's on the Arabian Peninsula. They it's changed the it to al-Qaeda. Peninsula. In- you're, you cannot confuse the, the public, your consumers, your customers. Yes, you, uh, here's the notice to al-Qaeda, okay? Al-Qaeda, listen up. Keep stick to the brand. The brand is Al Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. It's AQAP. Do not say Al Qaeda from Yemen. That's that confuses your your customer. 
Al-Qaeda in Yemen said it was behind the attack. Also tonight, the global police agency Interpol has issued an alert to 188 countries with photos and technical details to help authorities identify similar suspicious devices. There's okay. a troubling mystery tonight. In- yeah. Okay, here's what I'm, I'm at. Who is this person? What, did somebody call in? Yeah, no, did they send it, out a press a, release? Yes, it's the PR guy, and he needs a spanking because he's, uh, he's changing his brand. moniker, yeah. yeah. He's messing up the brand. The whole thing just seems like, what? They, we, we confirmed that Al-Qaeda in Yemen says that they, they did it. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's the guy who called? I and how do you know he's got anything to do with anything? What's his creds? And, and why won't he come on camera? Why won't he make a statement? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bin Laden does it at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I don't know. I find the whole thing to be a, a false no flag. questions that, John. That's the beauty of it. That's why... That's why I love what, we, what you and I do. Is these are the, we're media assassins? That's all we do here. We got no solutions. We got no money. We got no nothing. <laughs> well, we, we got some solutions. Saying, hey, just file sex harassment charge. Sex. Uh, what was it? Sex assault sexual, charges sexual against assault the TSA charges. when they grab your nuts. Yeah, that's the only solution we've come up with in 250 episodes. But it's a <laughs> exactly. damn good one. Hey, it's a 250 episode. That's right. We have the 250. It's a 250 program. Hence known. Forevermore is the 250 program. File sexual assault charges against the TSA officer who gropes your nuts. Yeah. Or um, squeezes your breasts if you're a woman. Or if you're do. a big guy. And they yeah. do. They go all the way around. They go through the uh, <clears throat> through your cleavage. It's groping. They, it's, gro- it's illegal groping. It is. It is. I, wrote, I read one uh, report. It was kind of funny. Cause it is kind of interesting to see how Americans have trouble saying penis, testicles, vagina. You know, I was like, oh, I can't say these words. It's like privates, my area. Meanwhile, some guy's grabbing you in the nuts. Yeah. You know, one uh, one woman said uh, she was uh, patted down and uh, said they touched my vag. <laughs> but apparently it was a guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it was on the Alex Jones show. So I don't know. Oh, well, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. But uh, I like that idea, John. I think it's. Uh, I th- still think it's good, and and we still need to investigate uh, the numerous reports that are coming in that uh, pedophiles are signing up in droves to work at the TSA because it's uh, free groping. Yeah, That's why crazy. wouldn't they? Yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. I think we need that needs to be investigated. I think we need cr- congressional hearings. Yeah, find some way of proving they're not all over the place. And then uh, tip of the hat to uh, Karina. One of our uh, female producers out there, uh, she says, Adam, you asked if there wasn't any gum that has not been made from aspartame. Guess what? I have found a brand that still makes gum that either has real sugar or completely sugar-free. It is uh, Stripes. Stripes. Oh, that's an, stripes old, that's an old classic. Yeah, it is a classic. Fruit Stripes gum. They, mo- they make both versions, real sugar, sugar-free. The only gum I've been able to find. I got ill from aspartame about three years ago. It was hell. Severe vertigo for seven months. I had to stop driving. I'm a 37-year-old mother of three, husband of one. That's interesting. <laughs> husband of one. And a wor- <laughs> you know, Some have more than one husband. Our listeners mind. I'm a workout lover, so this really sucked. No aspartame is a healthy life. Have a great day. Enjoy the free tattoos. Yeah, they come with every pack of uh, Fruit Stripes gum. So uh, go pick that up. If you can find it. If you can find it. I yeah. haven't seen Fruit Stripes I gum seen for, in a while either. Forever, forever. I'm sure that Beeman's is still makes, or a Beech Nut. Uh, or no, it's Beeman's, Pepsin. Maybe. I think that's still sugar. Um, 
We have a little bit of time left, or are we out? No, I think we're over the top here with time. I think we've already gone too well, far. Well, we I do have a couple of clips if you want to get rid of them. I have the Eat Healthy with Michelle Obama clip that came off the Disney Channel that's oh, played that's to old. kids. That's old. You've seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Huh. Uh, you want me to play it? I'll play it. It's only 30 it's seconds. It's kind of cute. It's yeah, like it's a little... It's kind of cute. Yeah. Did you know that getting up and getting active for just 60 minutes a day is all it takes to help you get stronger, look better, and feel great? Or that fresh fruits and veggies aren't just healthier and crunchier. They can taste better, too. Eating better and getting more active is easier than you think. Yeah. We call that magic. The magic of healthy living. And there are tons of easy ways to get started. In your house. At a friend's house. Even at the White House. So go to Disney.com slash Healthy Magic to share your ideas and get more info. Let's get healthy together. What a crock of crap. I mean, what happened to the the PE programs they used to have in school? You get your 60 yeah. minutes in by, you know, actually yeah. exercising, doing jumping jacks. They, they cancel yeah. all that crap. No. Jumping Here, jacks. go to the vending machine instead. Jumping jacks. <laughs> jumping jacks. Yeah, we used to do jumping, jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. Yeah, I remember right after our national anthem. And now, kids, let's do some jumping jacks. And what's this veggies uh, meme oh, again? I, know. Veggies. I knew you'd hate that. Yeah, veggies. Eat your veggies. And no veggies, such thing as veggies, 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 veggies. I just want to mention, for those who didn't see my tweet, there's a boston.com, the big picture, uh, has a beautiful, and it's listed in the show notes, noagendashow.com. We really maintain these show notes. We do our, uh, a lot of work on them. Um, they have uh, beautiful pictures of Haiti 10 months later. Uh, if you haven't seen that, take a look uh, and just think about all the celebrities that came together and all the hundreds of millions that we collected and all the billions that everyone promised. And then tell me where that is when you see these pictures. OK, just and of course, Boston.com doesn't say where's the money. No, they just show you the pictures. You have to do all the, you know, all the analysis for yourself. Or Now, right now, all we need from people, if you can't. Be- By the way, have you ever noticed that he laughs when he says that? <laughs> no. yeah, listen, listen. He goes, all, all we need, <laughs> listen to it, listen. Now, right now, all we need from people. He's laughing. Yeah, he's laughing because he knows everyone's stupid. <laughs> let's, let's listen to it again. Now, right now, all we need from people, if you can't be part of a medical team or a search and rescue team, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. <laughs> I didn't notice that he's laughing. He's laughing. He's actually laughing. <laughs> Listen to this. I'm going to pitch him for some cash. <laughs> Suckers. And still no annual report to Form 990 from the Clinton uh, Foundation. So do the 15th of November, yeah, I'm told. Well, well, I'm keeping my eye on it. Um, and so then uh, two, two quick reports. Uh, Fox News came out with a, an amazing report. John, you and I had a little email exchange with the producer sent that to us. Uh, of course, we had uh, Hurricane Tomas which was on its way to Haiti. And those stupid Haitians, they ignored the warnings that the hurricane was nearing because what did our, our, our overlords tell them? Go stay with a friend or family. Get out of your tent. Yeah. Like a million people living in tents. They got no family to go to. What a ludicrous thing. It was, it was ludicrous. It's preposterous. Here's the report. Mud up to their ankles and a steady rain falling on their tents. Residents of Haiti's earthquake camps ignored warnings to leave their makeshift homes ignored as Hurricane Tomas bore... What? Ignored warnings. So how did they, they didn't ignore the warning. They have nowhere to go. They got nowhere to go. Oh, my God. That is That was unbelievable. And none of the, you know, the people report that just straight up yeah. without saying it's ridiculous that this even happened. That you know that this warning was issued. Yeah, leave it, your it, tents. Leave. 
leave your tents. Go stay with a friend or family. Go stay with your with a friend up on the Upper West Side, for God's sake. <laughs> Don't you think if they had friends or family to stay with, they'd be there? Instead of living in the mud? With cholera? <laughs> Unbelievable. It just, it just blew me away. And then listen to, the, to these shills that are in there. This is a beautiful find for one of our producers. So we have supermodel Petra Nemkova. And she uh, is rebuilding schools in Haiti. So uh, she's out there in Haiti, you know, holding up black children. Makes you look really good. Right? And she's like holding up her, oh, look. And she has her, I love it how supermodels, they always have their hair up in a bun, right? No makeup. And I'm a supermodel. And I'm here with little black children. And yeah, I'm looking no, really no, good. No visible makeup. They usually wear a uh, oh, well, yeah, of course. natural look. Obviously some makeup. But she is uh, there on behalf of... The Happy Hearts Fund, John. Uh-oh. The Happy Hearts Fund. I have a, I have the feeling there's something sketchy about this or you wouldn't have brought it up. Well, yes, the Happy Hearts Fund. Uh, let me just find the uh, website so you can look at happyheartsfund.org. And she is the, uh, spoke, the ambassador, the ambassador of the Happy Hearts Fund. Uh, on the board of directors, we have uh, a couple of directors uh, who are interesting from the Galtair Fund which is the largest female-owned commodities hedge fund in the world, um, which may seem legit. Um, I'm okay with that one. But Collier's International, what do they do? Oh, they do real estate development. Right. Mm-hmm. Please. You're real insulting estate. my intelligence. <laughs> you didn't have to get very far, did you? <laughs> real estate development. Well, along with DLA Piper, who, of course, has uh, like 10,000 lawyers around the world that they represent. So they've What's got the, the model's trifecta. name again? I forgot. Yeah. What? what what's your name? Uh, the model. Petra Nemkova. Petra. Hey, Petra, while you're over there, uh, take a camera. We got you a nice Nikon here. Now go looking for spots where maybe a good hotel could go up. <laughs> take a good look while you're there. Take a lot of pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and get those black people out of the way so we can see the ground. <laughs> You can hold the black kid in your hand, you know, for the other cameras, for the news camera. But, yeah, we want some really good shots. Deplorable. That's the word of the day. Deplorable, I I tell you. Unbelievable. Real estate developers. (laughs) Real estate developers. (laughs) Ambassador Petra. Go there and uh, take some pictures so we can see where the hotel will look good. How's the beach? How's the beach over there? I bet it's beautiful. Oh, they can make it, you know, it just needs a little work. Yeah. All right, John, will you save those other clips? Yeah, I mean, I'm good to go. Because I saw one that was Kucinich making sense. I like that one. We'll have to play that one on Thursday. Yeah, Kucinich making sense. You know, I, over the time, I just want to say this. Kucinich makes more sense, even though he's a crackpot. Maybe he's not. He makes more sense when he just starts talking common sense about stuff than yeah. anybody. Yeah, he does. Which is kind of embarrassing, it seems to me. Yeah. So, has got the uh, hot be, wife. I'll be very happy uh, to be back at the uh, Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center on Thursday for the show. So yeah. that uh, we'll have decent equipment working again. Well, you, you've already run out your whole monthly allotment of cussing. Yeah, not all of it on the air, luckily. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. Coming to you from the makeshift Crackpot Command Center in San Francisco, Gitmo Nation West in... Uh, the People's Republic of the Bay Area. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the rain is still falling on and off, 
But it's, you know, we, it's cheaper than watering the plants. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday for early morning service. Remember, Dvorak.org slash NA. We need your help. We'll talk to you then here on No Agenda. My name is Nils Harrit. I have a master and a PhD in chemistry, and I'm associate professor at the University of Copenhagen. And I have been so for almost 40 years. And uh, I'm 65. I have published close to 60 peer-reviewed papers in the best journals. And currently I'm involved with research X-ray time resolved spectroscopy on time scales of one millionth of one millionth of a second. This is very fast. About three and a half year ago, I saw accidentally Building 7 going down on a DVD, which was a recording from Stephen E. Jones' lecture he gave on Brigham Young University. And um, that caught my attention immediately because, for one thing, I have never heard about this building before. And second, I couldn't understand what was going on because apparently it collapsed with no reason at all. So that, as a scientist, I'm trained to trying to understand what's going on around me and I couldn't understand. And from that day, I have not had any free time because uh, later on, I, I started looking into it. I started working on the local scene in Copenhagen, Denmark. And I got involved with a team of scientists, which also uh, counts Stephen E. Jones, Kevin Ryan, etc. A total of nine people. And uh, in a kind of research investigating the dust from the collapse on south of Manhattan. And... Uh, in, in the dust, we found what we characterize as unreacted thermitic material um, in the shape of some very tiny red-gray chips, which have different properties. Most importantly is they're still reacting, some of them. And uh, in the reaction, they produce molten iron which is the prime indication of a thermitic reaction. And such a reaction can be used to destroy steel structures. Now, thermite is, in the old-fashioned thermite, is a mixture of pulverized aluminum and pulverized rust. And if you can get these this mixture to react, which is not so easy. It produces tremendous heat, and this is what you call an incendiary. An incendiary is something which can be used to destroy something by the means of heat, while an explosive is something which reacts, acts with pressure. It knocks things apart. Now, the old-fashioned incendiary is not an explosive. It, it is still used for military purposes for melting iron structures. What we have found 
is a modern version of thermite, which we call nanothermite, which is produced in a different way. It is not just two powders being mixed. The material is actually built from the atom scale up. We call it the bottom-up procedure, which is what you do in nanotechnology. This has two consequences for the nanothermite, which separates, distinguishes it from the classical thermite. First, the ingredients are much smaller, which means they are reacting faster and they are more easily ignited. Two, due to the process of producing nanothermite, you have the option of putting in other stuff, other chemicals, which converts the thermite reaction into an explosive reaction. We do not know which role is played by the red grade chips that we found in the dust. But we know, and this was already totally clear before we started investigating the dust, that both explosives and incendiaries were used in the controlled demolition of World Trade Center. This is quite obvious because of other observations, the molten iron and other findings in the dust, that both explosives and incendiaries were used. Now, where the red red chips fit into this picture, we do not know. There's been much speculation about this, in particular because the nanothermite is a very versatile material which can be used in different configurations and people have even speculated maybe it was sprayed on the structure and stuff like that. This is what I call hypothetical blast scenarios which we should not um, maybe go into here. One point I wish to make though is the recent work by David Chandler where he is looking very closely at the collapse of the South Tower World Trade Center reveals that the fragments which are being uh, which is, is coming out of the tower obviously being kicked out by an explosive action are rocket fragments for once they 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 have a trail of white a white trail after them which could be aluminum oxide which is a product of the thermite reaction second they quite obviously have rocket properties which in my opinion means that when we are that the discussion between incendiaries and explosives is obsolete in this situation what we are dealing with i think in world trade center is modern military material which is unknown to the general public and the red grade chips the unreacted nanothermite that we have found in the dust is just an indication that there is something wrong it shouldn't be there but my feeling presently we are recording this in 2010 is that we haven't heard the whole story yet the findings of the nanothermite in the dust is an unambitious proof that something was going on on September 11th, which was unusual. And it, and it is a finding 
which cannot be accounted for by any other explanation, any other process going on than this was deliberately put in the towers for the purpose of bringing them down. As a consequence, we are demanding, and I as a personally, as a scientist, that a new investigation, when it comes and it will come, should also encompass in looking for remaining explosives and thermitic material in the dust by the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Thank you.